And now, the greatest sports talk radio show going today. That's right, Blow the Whistle. With your host, Brandon Stats Januska. The White Sox are all in. They need to at least make it to the American League Championship Series. And even that might not be enough. Tyler Butterball Butterball. Lonzo Ball, he's one heck of a playmaker. And he's going to set these guys up open. He's going to set up Levine, now DeRozan, Vooch. He's going to be able to set these guys open. And last year, 37.8% from three-point. That's pretty darn good. And David Double D Dykstra. Texas will be lucky to be 500. Oklahoma will be lucky to get out there with no more than three losses. Like, they're they're going into conferences where they're going to get shellacked. Hit us up on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at BlowTWhistle1. That's B-L-O-W-T-W-H-I-S-T-L-E-1. And now, here's Brandon, Tyler, and David. Welcome, everyone, into Blow the Whistle on SportstownChicago.com. I'm Brandon Januska here with... David Dykstra. Tyler Buterbaugh. And yours truly, folks. That's yes, right. Really? Excited. You're so, just going to go with that? Because the, the everybody regular. should know, should know who, right now who he is. I am. Because the, he the, is the Almighty. He is the Almighty. That's You're Andrew the one that calls the Godfather. Andrew Valentin, the Godfather, <laughs> X-Bomb Sports. And he'll, he'll be taking on a bigger role with Blow the Whistle as, as we move along. If he's lucky. If he's lucky. Well, we'll like see. This is his audition today. Actually. Hey, you heard Hood. <laughs> you heard Hood. You got big shoes to fill, buddy. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so we, we have an audition today. And if you haven't noticed, we're starting a little earlier than usual because this is a special show Today. This is our one year anniversary of Blow the Whistle. So we made it. We made it a full year. We didn't and kill each other yet. Yeah, we haven't killed each other yet. <laughs> Come yet. close a couple yeah. times, I gotta say. <laughs> but, I mean, we don't like each other, but that doesn't matter. No, but we're but just, we, we made it. We're through. just co workers. We're just co workers. We're just acquaintances, not friends, just acquaintances acquaintances here but we made it through so kudos to us props to you guys props to all of us we made it a full year and they haven't pulled our show from the station yet self pat on the back that's right a self pat on the back for all of us as we made it a full year and we've got a great show planned for you guys it's a full four hours the first time we're we've tried this so let's see how this one goes uh, but we're gonna yeah. be punchy by hour yeah. four <laughs> yes we so, gotta get out of here thank god for guests. Thank, thank God yeah. for guests. We have a lot of things planned today, a lot of guests coming on, and we thank you for everyone who's able to tune in to us today, all of our listeners that have spent the whole year with us, or those of us who are new, everyone on our Facebook live stream, That's right. everyone Pay that attention. follows us, and of course, everyone from the Under the Hood podcast that tunes in and listens to Absolutely. us as well. We have a lot of followers, and we appreciate each and every one of you. And if you guys haven't heard and seen on social media, we are doing a full hour of your Killing Me Smalls later on. That'll be an hour too. So be sure to send in your Killing Me Smalls moments. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BlowTWhistle1. That's at B-L-O-W-T-W-H-I-S-T-L-E-1. And send in your Killing Me Smalls moments. And let us know how you liked our the last year of Blow the Whistle. Is M, is M sleeping? Hey, or is yeah, she? I think she's sleeping right God. now. Well, she she might, she told, I told her to call in for uh, 
you're killing me, Smalls. So, okay. so we'll see if she gets she off. To call in <laughs> in the King, King B Mac, wherever you're at, we expect one from you or a couple from you. That's right. All of our regulars and and anyone new as well, please send in your killing me Smalls moments. Don't well, be shy. are you guys ready to actually jump in and get and start talking sports? Enough talking about us. Let's go. Let's All get right. this started. I don't like talking We're, about us, but sure, let's do sports. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> the, he, true, the, the true, the one, the one who won't say his name wants to talk true about true egomaniac <laughs> wants to. Let's just talk about Listen, us. Listen, I'm going to double down on this if that's the way we're going to play it. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to start off with college football. We are starting off with college football. Yeah. Oh, Everyone, yes. Everyone's favorite. There were some big Woo-hoo. games this weekend. If you guys didn't know or didn't hear, and we're going to start off. Yeah, a couple. Yeah. We're going to start balls. off with the Big Ten, and we're going to start off with that Michigan-Ohio State game. And just initial thoughts on that one. Michigan winning it. Jim Harbaugh finally beating the Buckeyes for the first time, and now Michigan is going to the Big Ten title game. Complete and utter dominance by Michigan in this game, which I did not see coming. Uh, The kid Hutchinson completely controls the line of scrimmage for Michigan on the defensive side and and kind of shows CJ Stroud still has a little bit of growth to go as far as being under pressure and being able to keep his head and and make good plays while under pressure Michigan earned it and won it I mean I yeah. I, I, I I'm also going to say that the weather may have had a little bit to do with how the game went as well Yeah no th- this was honestly this was like the perfect Michigan-Ohio State yeah. game. Snow's falling. Two teams that are top-ranked, right? They're fighting for this position to be the top team going into the Big Ten Championship and to be potentially in the college football playoff. Right? I mean, this was a determining factor of that whole situation. And Michigan controlled the line of scrimmage. They ran the ball really well. I mean, Hassan Hoskins, the running back, yeah. five rushing touchdowns. I mean, and it's been a bounce back between him and Corum and, and all these other different backs they've been trying. And they they almost had two backs go for over 100 yards apiece. So that should say something for him. C.J. Stroud, he played he played really good in this game. Yeah, he, he played, played very well. good. Yeah. But the problem was he wasn't he wasn't hitting the clutch shots. That was the, the key thing. He didn't make the clutch plays to convert on third down or the touchdowns that he should have been able to throw. There were some that should have been easy passes, but because of Michigan's defense, they smothered him all day. And this is I this is a crowning moment for Jim Harbaugh. I'm kind of happy for the guy in, in some way. I really am. I'm kind of happy that he was able to get this big victory and it's propelling Michigan to new heights. Why? Because now his name will not be in the Chicago Bears yes, head coach. Absolutely. <laughs> of course. <laughs> That's rumors. one of the big ones. <laughs> no, this, this game was just a, a very, David, like you said, huge surprise for me. I figured it would be a lot closer, or I thought with Ohio State's performance the week before, it was just going to be a complete uh, shutdown by Ohio State. But yeah. Michigan, it was... It was like you said, I, the whole situation with the snow at Michigan and the Michigan get the win, he, absolute awesome like sit, like situation they got themselves in. But that that run game that they were just had Haskins, like you said, complete dominance. Ohio State had no chance of stopping that. No, I I, I would say it was dominance from both lines for Michigan, the yeah. defensive line and the offensive line. Oh yeah, both dominated that game and it showed up in the final score and just. I, I will say congratulations to Michigan. Drew Guilla, if you're out there listening, congratulations to you as the only Michigan <laughs> fan that we know. So I, I forgot to text him and say congratulations I I to him. him. I'm like, I tip my hat to you, sir. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. Well, I mean, while, while we're talking about upsets, 
Okay, should we should we talk about our boys team coming through in the clutch? Yes. yes. <laughs> LSU, baby, they did it. They pulled it off. I mean, I'm a, I was impressed with that. That was Texas, a really impressive win against I think, A&M. I, was it at A&M, too? Or was uh, yes, it, at, it was at A&M. Really? So, that yeah. makes it even more. I think the guys, the, I, there's never been a doubt with when it comes to LSU that they play for Oder, Oderon. Yeah, he's he's a player's coach. They love him. It, it just so happens that he's not he, he's not a good coach. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he's one. He's probably I would say the best recruiter in the country. But when it comes to coaching, it can be on or off. We've seen that at Old Miss. We saw that when he was you know jumping around through the different teams here mm-hmm. and there. So this was a per- he, listen. He landed in a perfect opportunity where everything hit at the right moment for a national championship. His name's going to go down in in. Forever in in the record books and in, in legends, right beside Saban, exactly. So in LSU, I mean, what a way for him to go out than for LSU to be able to to take one there against Texas A and M. So I, I think it's the perfect way. It's sad that he's not going to be there for the bowl game. I understand that he why he's not going to be there, but nevertheless, I I give it to I give it to LSU. It's a great way to go out and potentially get a, a good bowl chance. And by the way, Gwilla is watching right now. Is he so watching? Yes, right he's now. watching right now. So <laughs> right. congratulations, Mister Gwilla. Yes, congratulations. Yeah, as is Drew. Emily. She said she is awake. So she, <laughs> this, she is on. She's awake. Because <laughs> she did text me. She's like, "Hey, I'm awake." <laughs> it's going to be interesting. I mean, you and I talked today uh, with the coaching news that broke. Over the weekend, yeah. with uh, what USC, I think is an yeah. absolute ridiculous move by the Oklahoma coach to go to USC, money played a part in that. I'm almost positive because yeah, I, I it, to me, it's a lateral step, if not maybe a little bit of a step back. But then you told me today that uh, Florida just hired the head, the, the head, head coach, coach from, from Louisiana Lafayette, the head coach from Louisiana Lafayette, which was very interesting to me. So that just leaves. LSU. Yeah. And I, I can't even tell because I thought Napier was going to be the perfect guy for him. Local guy. I mean, he's right in the state. Why not go for him? I didn't think Lincoln. Number one, I didn't want Lincoln Riley because I don't really trust Lincoln Riley as yeah. it is. But I didn't I didn't believe that one bit when they were asking about him going there. I just whatever USC fine. If that's the way I think it could work, but it, there is, there's a lot of different ways it can play out. But for LSU, for their coaching job, I can't tell you at this point, who's potentially a fit other than like Jimbo Fisher, the other obvious names that get mentioned out well, there. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Uh, we had thrown around a certain someone from Oregon going to Florida as the head candidate for Mario Florida. Cristobal. Would you be okay with Cristobal coming to LSU? Yes, I, would, All right. I would like Mario Cristobal. I like his offense and he's a, he's a two way minded coach. I like that for LSU, especially where both sides of the ball are kind of struggling. I think they need that. That balance. I would like I, I, my personal opinion on LSU, and then we'll move on to the next game, whichever Brandon deems worthy for us <laughs> to talk about. But for me, I, I think LSU doesn't need to go headline, headline, bing, 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 bing yeah. kind of coach, no. but maybe someone who's ready to take that next step and become an elite yeah, elite coach, Absolutely. Which, which might be the Oregon head coach. You, you never know. There's a ton of coaches out there for them to explore. They're just going to need to find the right fit. All yeah. right. And and since we're talking Oregon, we'll stay right there with Oregon. Number 11, Oregon over Oregon State, 38-29. Not a huge upset. I think Oregon was expected to win the Ducks. Should have been. They did yeah. come out with the win, but that puts them in the title game. And what are your thoughts on them just going to the title game? Can they pull it off? 
No. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna have, we're gonna have, we're gonna have, we're gonna have actually, yeah we we're gonna have a debate about this later. Uh, I'm gonna yeah, guarantee you that. I, yeah. 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 I, so actually, yeah, we'll we'll hold off on that one. I mean, and, and we'll I, get I, into the title game scenarios. I say no, but that's just me. Yeah. So. All right. So yeah, we'll get into that one. But one that uh, kind of a shock a little bit, at least to me, was Alabama struggles with Auburn. 24-22, they pulled it out in four overtimes, no, no. and that's let, not a good sign going up against Georgia. Let, let, let's get it straight. Alabama did not win that game. Right. Auburn, Auburn lost yeah. that yeah. game. Absolutely. Auburn absolutely lost that game, but I am not going to go into it right now. <laughs> I, <was gonna> say, <laughs> I will let everybody else talk about it because I need to vent later about this. Yeah, no, I, 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 that whole game I saw, Auburn definitely should have won that game. It was like Al, the original Alabama team was just not there, mm-hmm. and and I mean, all, all the, every year, Auburn always gives Alabama a hard time. And so Auburn totally had that game. They totally blew it. And then uh, I'm a little confused because I've never, I have, it's been a while since I've seen college football go into more overtimes. They do a two point conversion now after okay, three. Okay. So how it goes is the, the first overtime is regular. You can yeah. kick an extra point. Second overtime is. You can score a touchdown, but you have to go for two. After that second overtime, you it's strictly two-point conversions. So That's that nine-overtime game that Illinois and Penn State have yeah. was seven two-point conversions. Okay, because yeah. <laughs> the reason why I didn't know that, because that game specifically, I stopped watching it because it was <laughs> I switched to a different game because it was just, just going yeah, on for going. too long. Yeah, yeah no, but, okay. Yeah. yeah. This 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 Auburn Alabama game. I mean, listen. This is in Auburn, right? This is their territory. This is where they should have won. I mean, I think they were what ten and nine in the series so far going into this one. Saban does not have a good record, really. Again, I mean, he's got a winning record, but he doesn't have the greatest record against Auburn. They've been the one team that seems like always has his number, which is ironic because they them are the and A&M. Yeah, they and M. Them and A and M always seem to have their number when it comes to upsets. So I. Auburn absolutely lost this game. There were key moments where either TJ Finley made the wrong pass or a, a, a bad run by Bigsby. Again, he'll get our man David will get into that here soon. But uh, Bigsby, yes, yeah. <laughs> but, no. but the defense did a really good job. They shut down the passing game. Yes, Bryce Young had a good game, nevertheless. But still, they were able to contain Jamison Williams and John Mechie the third and all these big passing targets that he's been using all year long. They shut down the running game of Brian Robinson Jr. to the point where now he took such a big beating, he might be out. Well, so, I, I think one of the keys to that game, and then I'll go right to you, yeah, no, you're good. One of the keys to that game was that targeting call yes, on Williams. Absolutely. Completely took Alabama out of sync. Mm-hmm. And... and Legit, that was not an iffy call whatsoever. That is what the targeting rule was made yes. for. That that shot right there was a perfect example of what targeting is. Yeah. Now, because you brought up Bryce Young, and despite even though we're saying that Auburn didn't win or Bama didn't win that game, Auburn lost that game. That last pass that Bryce Young had does that as the this is oh. the question that's going around <laughs> everywhere. Does that move him up? As like I already looked at the uh, the. Uh, the Heisman. The, the Heisman rankings that uh, it did move him up, but yeah, I want to hear what you I guys don't think. think. That's Do you think his, that brings him up a I don't little think, there to the Heisman? No, I don't think that's his Heisman moment. Okay. I, if if he goes in to this SEC championship game and beats Georgia yeah. with the way Georgia's defense mm-hmm. is, 
that's his Heisman moment, and yeah. that will solidify Bryce Young the, as the Heisman. There winner. will be a touchdown in that game if they do win it. That's where he gets his Heisman. That's moment. the moment. This that was not a Heisman moment. That was a this kid's going to be a good pro moment. Yeah, yeah. that's a pro throw. That's, that was a dime, and that's also yeah. a great route by Williams as well. Williams ran an incredible route. That's why that guy's probably going to go in the first round. I'm assuming. Was it Williams? I thought it was the guy that replaced or Mechie, Williams. Excuse me. Yeah. No, it wasn't Mechie either. Was it? It was the guy that replaced Williams. Or it was Brooks. somebody who stepped up. I can't yeah, remember. I, I can't remember. Well, whoever the receiver was, he I mean, he ran a pro route, and Bryce Young threw an incredible ball right there on the corner it was to be Mechie. able to touch it. Was okay, it Mechie? It was John yeah. Mechie. I okay. couldn't remember which one it was, but look, wow. both Bryce Young, great connection, great route running by the receiver, just goes to show that this kid, two years from now, he's going to be an excellent quarterback for somebody looking for someone in the top of the draft. Yeah, I wouldn't say that this was his moment because, to me, this was a game that they should have it shouldn't have been this close. Should have been a blow. Exactly. So I mean, I could. I, you can't say that this was his Heisman uh, moment to, or his moment to push him up in the Heisman rankings right. when it was a two point conversion to a team that it shouldn't, like you said, a, a yeah. blowout. I mean, it's a game winning catch, but yeah, a throw, but to a catch, but nevertheless, I would still say C.J. Stroud's the favorite as far as the Heisman race goes. He's just looked incredible all year long, and I think he's been better for his team where Bryce Young has a lot of great players on his team that have been supporting him. I mean, C.J.'s, C.J. had a, a an above-average game against Michigan. They just they couldn't stop the run game for Michigan, so that's how <laughs> yeah. that worked yeah. out. Yeah, and then looking at, at some of the other games, number 10, Oklahoma, their, their slide just continues at this point. As I, I've got to wonder, I've got to wonder one thing. Do you think Lincoln Ryan, Riley told them before the game? I'm I'm, oh. I'm curious on that. I don't know because that could have affected the way they play. Now, now, granted, I don't I think, think he would. I don't I, think he would have either. Yeah. But I also think Oklahoma. And as much as but this pains me, gone out this then. is this pains me to say in my soul. Congratulations, Grant. Your Oklahoma <laughs> State Cowboys are legit. Are legit and have an outside yeah. shot of making it into the playoffs, but we'll get to that later on as well. Well, yeah. it's, it's interesting with Oklahoma State because for this whole year, they seem to have had a quarterback controversy kind of going on where I, it's, I thought Spencer Sanders was really the guy, and then they went to another quarterback and then all of a sudden it's all right now no we're gonna stick with Sanders and he's been the most consistent thing for them offensively with this team I mean he's running the ball well he's throwing it well and this defense also too for Oklahoma State that defense they're they're not big per se but they're fast and their defensive backs are all incredible when it comes to batting the ball down and creating turnovers and forcing fumbles and stuff so exactly physical so physical Oklahoma I think finally once again once went up against a defense like Baylor who was kind of like uh-oh they're punching us back in the mouth on defense this is not going to work for us we're supposed to outscore teams we can't match with their defensive prowess and I think that's where it fell apart I, I kind of expected Oklahoma State to win this game because, I like I've always said, weeks and weeks and weeks before, I didn't really think Oklahoma was the real deal. And then they they did look a little bit different with Caleb Williams, but then that whole, like, I don't know, where they, they couldn't figure out which to – they pulled Caleb Williams, put Spencer yeah, Rattler yeah. right back in. Not like anything was going to happen with putting Rattler back in because he's been a complete <laughs> bust. And then I now they, right they went with close. Caleb Williams again, so – Ooh, do you hear that? But I do got to say, Oklahoma State is looking a lot better than I was expecting them to yeah. be. They're I would, a damn I would, good team. and like I said, we'll talk about this in a little bit. But mm-hmm. they're going to be ranked higher than than 
most people have them in my poll at least. Yeah, and to go off your point, Tyler, it's like the saying that we've said multiple times on this show. If you have two quarterbacks, essentially you have none. Yeah. Yep. You, you don't know who to start at that well, point. Well, and I think that that was the turning point for Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, you haven't seen McCarthy in there at all basically no. the last, what, three games? I mean, he came in and played sparingly in the last few minutes of that game against Ohio State, but... That's it. Otherwise, it's like we're going with McNamara. He's our guy. He's a game manager. That's what you have to do. You have to commit to a quarterback thing when you're trying to do the whole. We saw this with Northwestern, what, 2013 or whatever, with Trevor Simeon and uh, I forget the kid's name, but his name was like Carter or something. They tried to run a two quarterback system. One threw the ball, one ran the ball. It was okay, but it didn't work. Exactly. They knew what was going to happen. They both could kind of run the ball, but it wasn't a way to survive. You have to have one quarterback that can either do one thing really well or do the other thing really well, or unless he's able to do both. Otherwise, you're dead in the water. Yeah, and then one last look back to the Big Ten real quick. Oh, are we gonna are we are we gonna bring this one up? Yeah. I won't mention your team oh, yet. But we don't can. mention we, me or yeah, Tyler's yeah, team. Uh, we no, won't mention we you. don't need to mention. But Wisconsin this. had their chance <laughs> to make it to the title game. All they had to do was beat Minnesota. They could not. Twenty three thirteen. Wisconsin's mm-hmm. out. Iowa is in the title See, game. Under the radar. Great pickup for LSU if they could pull it off. I think PJ Fleck would be amazing for LSU. See, PJ Fleck, I would like that, but he's under such a long contract, I think, still with Minnesota. He and is. he's getting a lot of money out of it, too. He so, is. And I think he's comfortable in Minnesota, considering where, where the where expectations the big, yeah. aren't so high. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and where, you know, listen, Minnesota is kind of, they're still a pretty good program. They're, and he's getting back his starting running back next year. He's, he's a quarterback away. Exactly. From and, being relevant in the West. And he's got two, I think, recruits coming in that are three star recruits that are heavily regarded as Midwestern stars as far as quarterbacks go. So he's got a chance with Minnesota to, I mean, everybody else kind of seems to be leveling off on the playing field. He's the only one that seems to kind of be steadily making growth on his team. I think I, I disagree with that. I think that Nebraska, as much as Tyler won't admit it, are making strides to get back to potentially where they were back in the day. I will say this much. Wisconsin, you had one job. Uh-huh. <laughs> you had one job, Wisconsin, and it was the Paul Bunyan axe, and you couldn't even do it. Just Me, won uh, the ball. On Saturday, P, PJ that calls in on our show on uh, BetQLU in Dallas. I was talking with him on the phone, and we were both on the same page that we wanted Wisconsin to win because that would have just added so much more chaos to yeah. this college football <laughs> rankings. So well, I was – I mean, that – I mean. And to me, Wisconsin was playing the best ball they had been playing all season long in the last, I'd say, three games, three yeah, to four games. Hit they their had, stride. they had started hitting their stride, and all of a sudden, Minnesota decides to play tough defense and great football. Minnesota's been weird with uh, to me this whole season. They're just so back and forth. Like yeah. they look like a. They could be a top contender in the Big Ten, mm-hmm. but then they just look like they just pooped the bed. And it, it's just Boop. been a weird team of being. And then Wisconsin's been like, they kind of just ca- casually snuck up their way up in the rankings because they weren't start. They started off pretty poorly. Well, they lost to Penn State to start off the season. Uh-huh. And, and just, they had quarterback issues. And for some reason, it, he he figured it out halfway through the season and they've been playing 
great football this last half of the college football season. And I didn't have this even being a game. If I, if I could have <laughs> predicted Minnesota going and beating Wisconsin, I would have been shocked. Yeah, yeah. shocked. Do you think they just simply overlooked them? They were looking ahead toward <sighs> the title game that now they don't even get to play in. I mean, I, it's possible. I don't think you ever, and, and, and that could be said about the Alabama game too, yeah. but yeah. at the same time, that's a rivalry game. Right. You don't overlook a rivalry game, right. even if it is the most disgusting matchup in the world. Especially one that you know should have the high implications like it does to potentially put you in the... To clinch. For yeah, yeah. To you're going to play there. the Big yeah. Ten yeah. Championship if you win. So, I, I, I mean, listen... They did figure it out. They figured out, take the ball out of Graham Mertz's hands, put it into Allen's hands, the running back. No joke. And unfortunately, they didn't do that. They tried to go quarterback for quarterback, and that just wasn't going to happen. No, Tanner's, Morgan's too good. Tanner's too good. a... Yeah. Yeah, did you I, have yeah, No, no, no. I was waiting for the next okay, game. Yeah, no, you were waiting. Like, you were waiting. So you like you folks. That's all it was. I was going to get soak all in. That's all. Yeah, I thought... I mean, there was one other huge upset. I mean, it wasn't in the the upper echelon of the top 25. It was down in the lower echelon. But UTSA getting just absolutely lambasted by North Texas. <laughs> what the? <laughs> I, yeah, 45, I can't even explain that one yet. I, a what, was North, what was North Texas's record? They were uh, undefeated. Six. Yeah, they were 6-6 six six and, and six six. now. They're six. They were five and six going into that. Yeah. UTSA yeah. was eleven was and zero, undefeated. Yeah. This coach has gotten a lot of hub of probably being yeah. one of the next big things in college football, and and not after this. I mean, Woo! they let six rushing touchdowns, no passing touchdowns in this game, mind you. Their quarterback Ani, he was ten for seventeen, one hundred sixteen yards. That's it. They ran the ball all over UTSA. UTSA had three I, guys throwing the ball. Yeah, because they couldn't figure out the quarterback thing. Yeah, that's I, crazy. Only, only, a, only a combined, all three of them, 161 I yards. I believe they have the top rusher, I think, in or one of the top rushers in the country, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. And mm-hmm. that's mind-blowing to me that you can't you, – I, I don't know. I just I – can't, I can't imagine what, what went through his head See, figuring out the offense. But, but this, this is why these non-Power 5 college teams – don't get the respect that they no. they feel like they deserve because they go out and they play teams like North Texas yeah. and get beat. <laughs> that that's the whole problem. But that one out of I would say out of the whole tw- top twenty five, that might have been the most shocking to me because yeah. uh, there was uh, there was a guy from in the action Dallas. His name's Kevin. He's a North Texas grad and gave them no shot whatsoever <laughs> to win that game. So it was interesting to see that that actually happened. Yeah, well, Alabama's conference title game appearance against Georgia means the end of a ninety-two game streak for the Crimson Tide. What was that streak? Find out here on Blow the Whistle. That's right. We are back on Blow the Whistle, all of us here. And we just got a little bit of breaking news. Uh, Yeah, so breaking news for everybody out there. It is official that Oklahoma quarterback Spencer Rattler has officially entered the transfer portal. I'm oh, calling it right shocker. now. I'm, no, wait. I'm, I'm calling it right now. Oh, don't even. TCU. 
Oh, okay. All right. All right. You know That'd what? Be an it's not a bad move for him. I maybe even Arizona State go back home potentially. That's a possibility as well. He's Ooh, got some Herm options. Ed- if Herm Edwards can oh pull that off. Woo! I just yeah. want to watch that now for the sidelines between him and Herm. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm not right, throwing so the ball like that. Yes, you will. You play to win the game, kid. Yeah, so let us know where you guys think Rattler's gonna end up. Play Which team do you agree? TCU is that a good spot for him? Let us know. Hit us up Facebook, Instagram, Nebraska. and Twitter at Blow T Whistle One. That was going through my head. Is he the next Corn Husker quarterback? Maybe. We'll I wouldn't find put it past Scott Frost to pull Triple something option. like that. Here we I wouldn't come again. be surprised. And I, he'd fit that system, though. Don't, don't. I bring back that's the triple why I have option. I'm just saying. <laughs> that's why I have mixed feelings about it. Yeah. yeah. And, well, we're going to go into the college football conference title games here this segment. So we won't have to worry about Rattler because he's not going to be in it. And, <laughs> and we'll, yes. we'll discuss that a little bit. That was, that was, good. That was good, Brandon. But, yeah, thank way, you. way to kick a dude while he's down. I know, I know. <laughs> he's moving on. Well, that's, why we, that's yeah, why we picked yeah. the Don't Stop Believing. Yeah. Don't Stop Believing, don't Spencer. Stop believing, don't Stop Believing, Spencer. Spencer. There's still. You, you, there's Go, Spencer. <laughs> Maybe. There's we'll know. Know. <laughs> But like I said before the break, Alabama just had a 92-game streak end, and that streak was they had 92 straight games where they were the betting odd favorites in each game. Wow. 92 straight Jeez. games. That's Alabama ridiculous. was the favorite. They are not favored in the be. title game <laughs> against Georgia, and, and rightfully point. so. No surprise that they're not, but yeah, 92-game streak is snapped for the Crimson Tide as they are not the betting odds favorite. Against Georgia. What was that about a dynasty? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. we talk about dynasties all the time. Ninety-two games where you're the favorite. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, unbelievable. So we'll get into that game a little later on. We're actually just going to run through all of these title games that are going to be happening starting Friday, it's December third, and then some games on that Saturday as well, the fourth. So this coming week, title games <laughs> are coming up. Eleven different championship games, conference championship games. We're just going to roll right through these games and give our picks. Who you got on each of these games? Are you guys ready? Let's go. Let's do it. All right. So to start off, the CUSA championship game between WKU and UTSA, number 22 ranked UTSA. Uh, Conference USA is always a crapshoot. I'm I'm actually going to go with Western Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> after, after UTSA did what they did now, I could be wrong, and UTSA comes out and just absolutely goes ham. And <laughs> did I just everybody. shock you with that? No. <laughs> okay. No. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No. I'm, I'm. I'm going with Western Kentucky too. For those who don't know, uh, Bailey Zap, who is I, I hope I said his name right, the quarterback. Zappe. Yes. Forty nine hundred <laughs> passing <laughs> yards, fifty two touchdowns, nine picks. Woo! That's wow. a, that's that that's a Western Kentucky quarterback for you right there. Uh, so I'm taking Western He's Kentucky. Next Mike I'm, White. Yeah. I. <laughs> so I'm thinking. So I'm I'm taking Western Kentucky. I think they can easily win this. They're bombing that team right now, especially after what we saw against. Uh, UTSA and they got beat by the run this passing attack I think is going to kill them I was going to go with Western Kentucky but I'm kind of leaning more toward I'm going uh, UTSA on this one just because despite their atrocious loss last week I think they're going to come back a little bit more ground and pound tough like more tough but I mean Western Kentucky they've been kind of a a surprise team here and then like pulling up the stats of Zeppe I'm going to say it like that because it's just more fun. It's, yeah. it's how it sounds. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm going to go UTSA on this one. I think they're going to kind of bounce back from that disappointing loss. 
All right, Brandon. Yeah, and that's where I am, too. I'm going to go with UTSA. I think that they had their embarrassment we'll already, so yeah. they're going <laughs> to turn it around here. If they didn't get embarrassed already, then you could say there's an upset coming, but they've had that embarrassment, so they'll be able to pull this one out. Okay. Up next, the other game on Friday, that is the Pac-12 championship game between number 11 Oregon and number 19 Utah. Who you got? You want to go first? It's <laughs> Oregon. They've, they've figured out their issues. Uh, the last game that they played against Utah was in Utah. And if anybody knows, Utah is a very, very tough place to play. The momentum was on Utah's side the whole time. It's neutral field. I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means, but I think Oregon wins by three. I'm going with Utah. Uh, I think they have a better defense. I like the way that they've been able to play more cohesively. I understand that Oregon has a lot more high-powered players, but everything that Utah, and I understand it was in Utah. Yes, it it is a neutral field, but the way that Utah does play, they play a more team-oriented type of collective collective ability, if you will, where Oregon, I feel like they, especially this year, have been banking a lot on the athleticism of a lot of their players, like their quarterback, their running back, to really make the plays. And they've lost two of their best defensive players for the year. I feel like Utah can easily win this one for the Pac-12 championship. I'm going Oregon on this one. Uh, I was almost leaning towards Utah just because of that devastating lot, that huge, brutal loss they lost to Utah in the regular season. But, uh, I don't know. I mean, they've like kind of like how David said they they seem like a little bit of a different team, and their run game has been killer in my opinion. Die a thousand one thousand thirty six yards and fourteen touchdowns. He's just been a killer on their run game, and I, I'm just kind of I'm leaning towards Oregon on this one. I do think it's going to be close. I'm going to go a, a little bit further than what David said. I'm going to go uh, Oregon up by a touchdown. Okay, and I didn't give the odds earlier for the Conference uh, conference USA Championship game. Western Kentucky is actually a one-point favorite in that one. And then for this game, the Pac-12 Championship, it is Utah that's listed as a three-point favorite. I'm actually going to go with Oregon, though. I'm going to take them in this one as well. Fine, make me the odds. <laughs> Out in the cold all on so, your hey, own, whatever. buddy. <laughs> when I'm right, I'll be right. Yeah, so. there you go. He <laughs> just wants go. to have six wives. That's all. The, it's the only reason that <laughs> he's that picking it? you. Stop giving away the secrets. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I believe it. And <laughs> moving on to the Saturday game, Saturday, December 4th. First game up is the Big 12 Championship game, number seven, Oklahoma State versus number eight, Baylor. Oklahoma State is a five-point favorite. Let's start with Andrew. He looks I, ready. I, he I, looks I, ready. This, is a, this, this truly awesome. is a flip-your-coin yeah. kind yeah. of game. I'm going to go, oh, God, this is tough. I'm going to say Baylor, I think. Oh, okay. I'm going to think I'm, I'm, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to say Baylor on this. I I like Oklahoma State. I think they've got a good offense, but I think Baylor has shown that their defense is a little bit tougher, if you will. They've got a little bit more meat up front that I think they can put pressure on the quarterback. So I think Baylor's got a good shot here at maybe pulling the upset on Oklahoma State. I'm going with Oklahoma State. I mean, just from that last game that they played against Oklahoma, even though I expected them to win against Oklahoma because they've, like how I said earlier, they've been back and forth. But they just seem they they've been grabbing my attention. I wasn't expecting them to be as good as they are right now. They've been slowly moving up the rankings, and I mean, despite Baylor, I mean Baylor is a killer, a solid team too. This is going to be tough, 
But I mean, I think I'm I have to lean towards Oklahoma State as much as I hate to say it. All right, I'm actually going to go with Baylor in this one. Dave Aranda has really turned that team around, and I'm going to take them. Uh, I'm going Oklahoma State, 10-9, to last-second field goal. That low score of a game? Yeah, oh, that wow. low score. Okay. Both defenses are unbelievably stout. Could see that. The over-under right. is 46.5. I yeah, know. So so play the under. So play play the, the under on that. Okay. I would play the under on that. All right, play the under. Yeah, and up next, we're going to go into the Sun Belt Championship game, Appalachian State at Louisiana, and Appalachian State is listed as a three-point favorite in that one. I'll go App State. Yeah, yeah go for App it. App yeah. State. Uh, I'm going to say Louisiana. I'm going to go Louisiana. I'll take App State. Let's yeah, right down the middle. A little controversy. <laughs> that one's an even, even yeah. Steven right there. That one Steven. from Cajun Field in Lafayette. Oh, okay. So, well, that makes a little bit <laughs> of a difference. That's true. It does. It is closer to home for Louisiana. Mm-hmm. But up next, the ACC championship game, or rather, AAC championship A-A, game. The American. Yeah, American. <laughs> uh, between number 24, Houston, and number four, Cincinnati. Cincinnati, a 10 and a half point. Point favorite. I'll start it off. I've got Cincinnati in this one. They're going to win this game and make it into the college football playoff. At Cincinnati. I mean, Houston's good, but not even anywhere close to what Cincinnati is. Uh, it'll be a close game, but I got Cincinnati winning it. Prove me wrong, Cincinnati. <laughs> oh, Houston throws a lot of stuff into chaos. See, this is where I love it because this is where the chaos begins. Mm-hmm. I think Houston upsets Cincinnati. Once again, I'm calling a lot of tight games. I think this is a three-point game, if not less, and Houston wins in the last moments. Okay. I'm going Cincinnati on this as even though— out in the cold. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I want Cincinnati to prove me wrong. I want them in the playoffs. But history being what it is with Cincinnati, they have one game a year where they go— Yeah. I'm going to go Cincinnati because— you guys have changed me. They've they're a much better team than I expected them to be. Did it. And <laughs> we did it. And I think they're gonna keep this rolling and stay undefeated. Granted, not to mention they're playing in Cincinnati. So they got the little true, home field advantage there. Mm-hmm. Really? It's not a it's no, not yeah. a it's, it's in Nippert Nippert Stadium in yeah. Cincinnati. <laughs> yep. What a name for a stadium. I, I was trying so hard not to laugh yes. when I, I'm such a child. But uh I mean, I don't know. I think it's going to be close, kind of, but I mean, I think Cincinnati is just going to, I think they're going to surprise Houston, in my opinion. All right. Up next, the SEC championship game, number one, Georgia, number three, Alabama, Georgia, listed as a six and a half point favorite. Again, ended that 92 game streak as a favorite for Alabama. Tyler, who I got, you got? <laughs> I got Georgia on this one. They've, ugh, this Georgia team is just so damn good. And, and like how we talked about, we haven't seen a defense this good in mm-hmm. forever. And, I mean, that's, just what, that's what's going to win them the game right now is obviously their defense. Their, their offense is okay. But, I mean, <laughs> okay. I, think, I think a lot of it is just because with Bama have, like, having a struggle playing against Auburn last week, which, like, it should have been a blowout. I, this Georgia team, I mean, I'm already going to say they're going to – I think they're going to win the whole thing. Yeah. But – I, I don't even think it's going to be all that close. I think Georgia's going to win by two scores. Wow. 
I'm see if I say Georgia, then that means Notre Dame gets in, and I don't want that to happen. <laughs> for one person in particular. No, 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 not necessarily. No, 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 not we'll necessarily. Yeah, we'll it, discuss it. It could be a different story. We'll see. But uh, I'm I'm gonna say Georgia as well. Defense is too good. They are stacked with first round picks on that defense. Even offensively, if they've got some good, decent running backs that are gonna be able to take charge in that. Alabama. I, listen, I think this is gonna be a good game. I think Alabama will expose their defense even a little bit if not that much, but I still give Georgia, I'll say it would be like a six-point difference in this game. I said from the get that if they go high a tempo, Georgia's in trouble. Mm-hmm. I don't think they go high tempo. I think Georgia completely shuts them out. Shuts, oh, okay. them, out shuts, completely. shuts out. them out completely. Really? Wow. And shows why they are the number one team in the number one Nick defense Saban in the might country. might actually cry if that happens. <laughs> I, I know, and that'd be a beautiful sight. So yeah, I got Georgia winning the game his tears, yeah, folks. I, I've got Georgia by double digits as well. I'll take Georgia by by 14. Two scores in this one. Alabama yeah. has struggled lately to just to yeah. get wins, and Georgia just continues to roll. So I'll take Georgia in this one. Kirby Smith beats his, his the his master. Yeah. Unbelievable. And now on to the ACC championship <laughs> game. Which, which might end up being the best game of the whole might thing. Be. All right. Yeah, it's number 18, Wake Forest. Number 17, Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh opens up as a three-point favorite. I'm going to take Pittsburgh. Uh, Pickett's right now, I think, the best quarterback in the ACC. There's no question. I like Hartman as well, but I think between the two of them, I think Pickett's the better guy. Not only that, but Pittsburgh's defense, especially on the pass, they've been really good with that too. And they've got a pretty decent running attack that can also come from behind as well. So I like Pittsburgh. I'm going to take them full-heartedly. I'm I'm picking Pittsburgh as well. Pickett is a hell of a quarterback, like one of the best in, in the college football right now. Yeah. Um. Hey, just look at his numbers. They're insane. Mm-hmm. Over 4,000 yards, 40 touchdowns, and only seven interceptions. That's unbelievable. It's going to be a close one. And, like, I think, David, you just said it. This is probably going to be the greatest, the best matchup. <laughs> it might be of, the best game in out the whole of day. all the uh, conference championships. So I am going to put Pittsburgh in on this game. Even though Wake Forest has been a solid team overall this year, it's going to be close. I'm going to go Pittsburgh by three. Okay, so you're taking them with their favorite. I'll take Pittsburgh in this one as well. I'll take Pittsburgh by four. And the real question, though, I have for everyone, and, and we'll get your pick as well, the over-under is 72 and a half. <laughs> take will, it. will they take, take, take it? Take, take, over. The over. Take, take, the over. take 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 the over. These are two high-scoring and, teams. And, yeah. and I'm going to tell you this right now. Y'all are just jank because I'm. You, you said Pittsburgh. It is not Pittsburgh. Pitt. 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 It's Pitt, right. Pitt. Yeah. Please. Who from, plays in Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm going to go yeah. with Pitt as well. I'm sorry, what's your favorite team again? <laughs> <laughs> the rival of Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, I will take Pitt. I think they're, they've just got more talent. All right. And one last game, the Big Ten championship game between number five, Michigan, and number 16, Iowa. Michigan, an 11-point favorite. Iowa. I'm not even All joking. Right. Really? Iowa. <laughs> you know what? I'm not even surprised with that. Um, Drew, if you're still watching, congratulations. I'm going with Michigan. Uh, really good team. The way they played Ohio State, Iowa's a good team. I expect it, though. Three-point difference. I'm going Michigan. I mean, after that absolute uh, destroyed to Ohio State, they're the real deal. There's no way that Iowa is going to – I don't think it's going to be that really that close, but I think Michigan's just going to roll over Iowa. 
All right, I'm taking Michigan as well. I don't, I don't think it's going to be all that close. <laughs> Sorry, Michigan. Hey, no, it's fine. Yeah. There, there's a reason I'm, I picked Iowa. Yeah. Because so. I knew everybody else was going to pick Michigan. Uh, we, we, all we, picked, we all picked Michigan. Iowa was going to win. Yeah, that, yeah that's, that's So true. I did it for you, so Drew. You're welcome, Drew. <laughs> Drew, uh, Michigan's going to win this and one. Thank me later. Yes. They're going to win it pretty handedly um, on Saturday. And that will do it for all of these games. Let us know what you guys think about our picks. Hit us up Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BlowTWhistle1. Let us know who you agree with, who you disagree with. If, if we don't know what we're talking about, let us know what you think and give us your picks. And these title games are going to be the determining factor in how the college football playoffs shake out and we'll discuss how we think it's going to end up next on blow the whistle that's right we're continuing our college football talk here on blow the whistle brandon janusko along with david dykstra tyler butabaugh and andrew valentin the godfather himself Pepe, over Pepe. in the corner. <laughs> Why? Oh, trust me. When I redo our show open, it's going to be Andrew Pepe Valentin. Well, I would hope so. I like yes. it. I I'm like going to find you, Pepe, wherever you are. I know you're watching. Well, you know what? We'll just do a vote. selling me horses. We'll just do a voting poll and see what the people think. Oh, <laughs> that's a good one. Put it out on Twitter. Oh, yeah, fine. yeah we'll, we'll have to give, get a good nickname for Andrew, whether you like Pepe or not. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BlowTW. So one and let us know what Andrew's nickname Pepe, should be. Godfather, other, write it in. Yeah, and we'll make sure he shares, he shares that Pepe story so that you guys all know what we're talking about. Oh, here. you guys will love it. <laughs> yeah, it's a great story. Uh, but we're going to talk some college football right, right now. Continue our talk of college football to wrap up this first hour. And we're going to talk about the college football playoffs because these title games playoffs. are really going to shake up playoffs. the playoffs. Yeah, playoffs. It's, a, it's about that time for college uh, football. These title games are going to shake up the rankings and who is going to make it into the top four into the playoffs or will they expand it that is still potentially an option they're running out of time if they're gonna do it yeah. they said they weren't gonna make a decision till december okay so they said they would not make a decision until december yeah okay they said so. december 1st they w- they would not make it a decision until december 1st or that's when they start the talks yeah. i don't know when the vote actually takes it might even be that day i don't know but i know they're looking for december 1st i think to be the day that everything starts for the expansion okay so we're gonna start that start <laughs> off with that and do you guys believe that the college football playoffs will be expanded from four teams this season will it be more than four in the playoffs this year hit us up facebook instagram and twitter at blow t whistle one and what do you guys think i think i think they're going to expand it because they don't want to risk one of these bigger teams not losing out to cincinnati well yeah. here's here's my thing think about the quality that's there from five to eight or yeah. even five to twelve mm-hmm. yeah I mean, yeah, right, you could right go, now, five through eight, that's Michigan, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, and Baylor. Of course, it hasn't that updated all, yet. Yeah, that'll all but change. right now, just going into this week, that's where it was. Yeah. I mean, that gives you two Big 12 teams, two SEC teams, uh, two Big 10 teams. Yeah. And then... <laughs> Cincinnati. Right. <laughs> well, and, that, and that's exactly... Listen... For everything that I know that the NCAA is trying to get with the times, it is still, of course, apparent, I think, to everybody that their main objective is to try and bank as much as they can on their big name products. And why wouldn't you want some of these power five teams with these big brands in there? 
even if they're not qualified to be in this four one, if you expand it to eight or like even David, you've said 12, 12. if you go to the 12, then that's even more teams in there and that's more bowl games and that's more money that you're able to do more marketing with more commercials with and why would the NCAA not want that for themselves well, and the conferences too? Well, not yeah. just that, but you don't really need to change your big bulls. No, you, you just need to change, add a couple of the other un, underneath bulls. Right. Cause you use those, those new York, new year six bowl games mm-hmm. as your playoff games. Right. Your orange bowl, your, your fiesta bowl. I mean, cotton bowl, all those, yeah. you use all those for your playoff system. And then you go back and just like uh, the the men's basketball and women's basketball tournament mm-hmm. does, you have one specific place, location, and you play in that specific location two weeks in a row. See, I was just I was just gonna base it off of just like men's and women's college basketball. It just makes it a lot more interesting and more fun. Oh, you want to go? You want to go the Mike Leach route? Sixty four teams. teams? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> No, God, no. Greatest statement ever. Chaos. Just started ever. off no, just, and, and December 1st is just the start of the playoffs. Oh because God, what could make this so great. interesting and it could cause even more chaos is because they're, like in college basketball, that's why March Madness is why everyone watches it. Right. Because you never know what the hell is going to happen. And if they do that to the college football, the teams that they have laid out right now, you don't know what the hell can happen because we've yeah. already, know, we've already uh, witnessed that throughout the season. So this could... Them extending it could make this a lot more interesting, well, and, and I'm all for it. And when you think about it, too, like when you have we've all grown up playing football or whatever sport, every time it comes to the playoffs, it's always a bracket type of lead yeah. up to the mm-hmm. championship. So if you want more kids to kind of be able to follow what's going on, because let's be honest, the BCS national championship thing, that was a nightmare to try and fight. So they need certain amount of votes and it's only going to be one and two, but like it could possibly still be three. Like it was so confusing. So if you bring it into like a bracket form where there's eight teams in it, oh, okay. Well, even like a six or seven year old can follow that kind of that pathway. So all of a sudden there's more kids that are like, okay, I understand it. I get it. And they're more willing to watch where instead now you've only got a few teams in. And that's the other thing you get more eyes on the television then, right? Of course, there's going to be a lot of people watching, but now you can watch your other teams as well. Ohio state fans can finally see them see Ohio state play, right? You can see Cincinnati play. You can see Oklahoma state play. You can see all these other teams that usually maybe some of these fans are like, I'm not going to watch it because my team's not in it. You never know. See for me, it just makes sense to go to 12. And, and the only reason that I say go to 12 is because then you you give you give a little precedence to that top four. You give a reason for having a top Still four. having that top four, but 12 get in. So that, that top four, they get they get the top two at least get a first round bye. Right. And then you have three playing 12 four playing 11 and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And and then you do the NFL lowest ranked team plays number one. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. But honestly, the way I see this happening is if Bama poos the bed, which I think they are going to and loses the sec championship, (laughs) that, that committee goes, okay, we need eight. Well, the sec is definitely going to be like, all right, who's voting for eight. Who's with me? Like yeah. immediately, yeah. they'll be the first one. Like all the all the yays, and everyone will be like, "Now what's in it for us?" Yeah, yeah, SEC. Do, do but, but that's that's the thing is right. like 
this would be the first time in I don't know how long that there hasn't been two SEC teams. Yeah, it's, I mean, especially, well, how long has it been since Bama was not in there? What? Uh, yeah, few, forever. Yeah, so. Exactly. <laughs> Too long so, ago. Yeah. But but that, that, that to me right there says they're going to move forward. Okay. Well, if they don't, if it is just the top four, who do you guys have as your top four? I'll give mine real quick. I've got Georgia, Ohio State, Cincinnati, Michigan as my top four. Bama's wow. out because Bama loses that SEC championship game. Really? You've got Ohio State still in there with two losses. Rather, yeah. No, I was just uh, it's a It's a, it's yeah, a possibility. Yeah. No, it's always possible. Because Ohio State's two losses were against top yeah, top five ranked teams. Yeah. I will keep or them top in. Top ten ranked teams. Mm-hmm. I do keep them in, but not at two. I'll have them at four. Okay. All right. My number one is Georgia. Number two, Cincinnati. Number three, Michigan. Number four, and this is only if they run the table this weekend, Oklahoma State. I think Oklahoma State, if they okay. beat Baylor, jumps Notre Dame because Notre Dame does not have a conference championship. And if Notre Dame gets left out, Notre Dame joins the either the ACC or the Big Ten in football next year. Okay. Okay. All right, interesting. Uh, I'm going to say Georgia. I will also say Cincinnati and Michigan for my two and my three. And I kind of like that Ohio State situation. I like that. So hmm. I think I'll go with Ohio State just to kind of throw in a little bit of Big Ten madness in there. I, I like the idea of maybe uh, the two teams me- maybe meeting up <laughs> for a chance to play for a national title. I mean, or something like I mean, that that throw everything out into Could you imagine that? That would be the game, the game. Yes. I mean, Michigan meets Ohio State in the national in the championship. title championship game. And it could happen, folks. It really could happen. So I like that. What do you got, Tyler? I'm going to go Georgia, Michigan, and then probably Bama at three. And then at my four, I'm going to have to go Oklahoma State. I'm I'm kind of kicking Cincy out of it, even though even though we just confirmed, I just confirmed I'm back and forth with Oklahoma State. And he's waiting. He's waiting for for the SEC game to drop when mm. when Alabama loses to Georgia and then they drop out. Yeah, I mean if <laughs> if Bama lose, oh I don't know. I'm it's tough. It's too tough. I, you man. cannot. I, I'm sorry. If you are a respectable person, you cannot, in all good conscience, no matter who they lost to. Let a two-loss team in college football into that top four. Really setting the bar pretty high for Tyler there. I mean, <laughs> respectable person and all that. I do. I'm, just, yeah. I'm just saying, you know, as far as That's I'm true. concerned. I've been back and forth putting Cincy and Bama. That's the only but reason I was. I just feel like they're going to. I think they're going to keep. Bama if Oklahoma up there. State wins out, I don't see how you keep them you, out. Especially they if, should be in there. If Bama loses, they Bama beat loses. Baylor. I and Notre Dame doesn't play in the conference championship. I don't see how they probably can't get in. At least be in a New Year's Six. Oh, they'll be in a New Year's Six, yeah. but. Yeah. All right. So you guys heard our rankings. Let us know what you guys think. Let us know what your rankings are, who you would have in the top four. And if you even think it's going to stay a top four, or will it expand to more teams in the playoff? Hit us up. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Low T Whistle one And while you're doing that, be sure to send in your Killing Me Smalls moments because it is time to move into a full hour of our favorite segment. We're doing it for... 
a full hour this week. It's got to be something. Yeah, a, a full hour of chaos, a full hour of madness. So send in those moments. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at BlowTWhistle1. And coming up, we'll start off by sharing some of our all-time favorite Killing Me Smalls moments here on Blow the Whistle. You're killing me, Smalls! That's right. It is time to get into everyone's favorite segment here on Blow the Whistle. It is time for your Killing Me Smalls. And we are going to go through a full hour of your Killing Me Smalls. It sounds oh, so painful. Folks. Hour. A full oh, hour. hour. <laughs> we've, been, we've been talking about doing this since we started this segment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so, was just thinking, like, we were talking for a while to do a full hour. Of so, yeah, now, now it's finally here. The moment is here. And we're going to kick this thing off by looking back at some of our all-time favorite Killing Me Smalls moments. So here we have it, our all-time best Killing Me Smalls moments from Blow the Whistle. Urban Meyer. I'm coming for you. I swear on all that is good in the world. I hope you get fired for this. I, I wish you would, but I know it's not going to happen. Urban Meyer, once again, boys, opening up his mouth and putting his foot in it. Um, hiring Chris Doyle, the former strength and conditioning coach from Iowa, who through all the investigations at Iowa for bullying and racism was the only one fired. But yeah, let's put him on our staff. That's smart. And then he goes and does a press conference about it and lies in the press conference saying he did his research. They've been friends forever. You egomaniacal. Oh, man. (laughs) I'm telling you right now. Then he goes and says that they were on the same coaching staff at Utah. Bro, he was in Iowa when you you were the head coach at Utah, bro. Come on. Memory's fading. <laughs> There's a lot of things fading for Urban Meyer. A lot of respect for hiring a strength and conditioning coach who was fired for being a racist and a bully at Iowa. Yo, Urban Meyer. You're killing me, Smalls. Before the top of the seventh inning, coming out of the commercial break, they showed a graphic with the Cardinals family of broadcasters on KMOX Radio, which is Jack Buck, Harry Carey, and Joe Garagiola. Of course. I mean, they, these are guys that are legends in St. Louis. Harry Carey, a legend in both cities. Yeah. And they spelt Harry Carey's name wrong on the graphic. Harry Carey. Carey's last name is C-A-R-A-Y. The graphic was C-A-R-E-Y. This is a guy who's a legend in both cities. Not just for one team. You're you're insulting both teams' fan bases during this. You spelt his name wrong. How many people looked at this graphic before you pushed it in the seventh inning? This is a legend. He's a Hall of Fame broadcaster. Spell his name correctly. Please. Like, come on. Is it that hard? Like, I saw the graphic, and I'm like, is that right? And I quickly Googled it, and I said... Nope, it is not. It's not that hard. How did nobody catch that? And then to just further my frustrations, later on in the game, bottom of the 10th, and Kimbrell is on to try to get the win, secure the win. And Matt Veskersian says it was a 2-2 count to Bader. He had just thrown a curveball, and he's talking about how Bader... Let me just play the audio for you. That's easier. 
couple of things in play here. Not only is Bader a good breaking ball hitter, but three of the four homers that Kimbrell has allowed this year have come on breaking balls. That's a good stat. That's an interesting stat. Yeah. Except it's wrong. <laughs> it's wrong. I heard it. I looked at my brother who was watching the game with me. He's also a Cubs fan. And I said, Kimbrell's allowed four home runs? There's no way. So I look it up, and of course... I'm right. And Kimbrell on the year has only allowed two earned runs total, so he couldn't have allowed four home runs. He's allowed just one home run on the season. That was the first earned run that he gave up. I remember that home run. And it's like, that was like two weeks ago. There's no way he's given up three other ones that I've missed. So Matt Vaskersian, the ESPN broadcast crew for getting giving out false information, misinformation. And so to all the fans, I'll try to inform you whenever they're they're wrong. Kimbrell has only given up one home run, so don't trust those guys. It's one home run, in case you were wondering. You are right. They were wrong. One home run from Kimbrell. But, yeah, for just spelling names wrong, just it's unprofessional. Spelling names wrong. Just having the wrong information. Like, do your research and give the correct information because I know the stats and I will call you out every time I hear it. That's That's a promise. That's why we call them stats, That's right. So the ESPN broadcast, especially Matt Vaskersian and whoever spelled Harry Carey's name wrong. You're killing me, Smalls. Well, mine, I scrounged a little last minute, but it's perfect because it just happened this morning. From Bleacher Report. Can it come out? The Celtics are interested in training for Ben Simmons. Oh, why? That would be including. Austin just doesn't care anymore. <laughs> they, they, it's it's like inside of me. I can feel it like burning up now. Like <laughs> the trade would. Oh, are you? Yeah, twenty five point six points, ladies and gentlemen. The team. Yeah. I think that's the same number as uh, Ben Simmons' three point percentage. Twenty five point. Freaking six. Pretty sure it's low. I no. think it is a lower, maybe. I try looking it up. It's yeah. not that low, but. <laughs> I sure, because when you only take one shot every 50 games, why not? But you want to get. Jalen Brown is actually producing for this Boston's team, despite them not being as good as people might have hoped. But you, you, what, you think bringing Ben Simmons is going to, what, make you guys better? 76ers got rid of Ben Simmons, and look, the 76ers are actually a hell lot better than they used to be. So, I'm, I mean,. Boston, you do what the hell you want. You smoke whatever you want. I don't <laughs> care. But Boston Celtics, for actually considering this garbage trade for this player, I give you a big old... You're killing me, Smalls. Dang it. Listen, NBA, I told you. I told you. Didn't listen to me. Didn't make any changes over the weekend. No, no. No, no. We're going to keep it the way we want to keep it. And guess what? Your dunk contest... Laid a big old stinky doo-doo mess all over the basketball court. Horrible. Absolutely disgustingly horrible. No innovation. Nothing new. Nothing. Obi, what the hey, dude? I thought you had skill, bro. Nothing. Just sitting there with our hands up in the air going, what was that? And then coming off of an unbelievably competitive and beautiful three-point contest where it's just loaded. And I mean loaded. Steph Curry, Zach Levine, uh, Michael Conley, uh, Donovan Mitchell. Who else was in that? There was a whole bunch. You got 
yours said Mike Conley, Steph Curry. Yeah, yeah. Donovan like, Mitchell, uh, Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown, yeah. Just, so much talent. Hey, guess what? Hmm. Go figure. All of them all-stars. <laughs> <laughs> NBA, take a hint from your three-point contest. Go ask LeBron. Go ask Zion. Go ask Tayton. Go ask Lavine. Get these people back to where that dunk contest needs to be, where Dominique Wilkins, Michael Jordan, you know, Nance Jr., all these guys were just Vince Carter. Ooh, I mean, Vince Carter, man. Hello. No, 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 that'd be too easy. No, let's make it difficult and just make the one thing that everybody wants to watch during the weekend or even during the game at halftime. I bet you that's the only reason anybody stuck around to watch the halftime. Oh, let's see. Let's see. Oh, no. (sighs) NBA, you make me sick. (laughs) Sick, I tell you. NBA for completely ruining the dunk contest this year. <laughs> I watched Field of Dreams game. was awesome. Very memorable. Great stuff. I can't wait to see them do something for the Sandlot. That's not my You're Killing Me Smalls. My You're <laughs> Killing Me Smalls for this was, why is Shoeless Joe Jackson still not in the Hall of Fame? Ooh. Why are we still doing this? It's over with. 1919 was a long time ago, folks. We're almost there where it's going to be 100 years on that soon. And he's still not in the Hall of Fame. This should have been. It has been on his years. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot what time it is because it's been so long since he's played, and we should have him in the Hall of Fame. He's one of the greatest players to ever play the game, and his career was cut short because of this stupid scandal about guys betting on the game. And it was never proven that Shoeless Joe Jackson actually bet or had any involvement with the bets on any of the games. It was guilty by association. So Shoeless Joe Jackson should be in the Hall of Fame. It is ridiculous that he is not. The same thing goes with Charlie Hustle, a.k.a. Pete Rose. He should be in the Hall of Fame. This is ridiculous that both of those guys, in fact, they should start having this game be a central part of every single year where the Hall of Fame crew comes out of the cornfield and becomes a part of the entire experience. But for some reason... I like that. Exactly, right? And Shoeless Joe Jackson's family should be allowed to finally be in the Hall of Fame. Allow this man to finally have his name right there. Right in the Hall of Fame. He should be there. But for whatever reason, baseball just doesn't want to respect him because they're like, well, we got to keep the integrity of the game. You got guys through needles in their arms, filling themselves up, looking like muscles with a head. But we want to keep the integrity of the game, right? We want to keep the integrity of the game, right? So Barry Bonds going to get in, right? Sammy Sosa going to get in. Roger Cummings going to get in. Put those guys in the Hall of Fame. Who cares if they bet on games? Man, there are guys doing way worse things than that. And you want to keep them out of the game? It is ridiculous. So to Major League Baseball, for continuing to keep out Shoeless Joe Jackson, amongst others, out of the Hall of Fame that rightfully deserve it, I say to you... You're killing me, Smalls. I'm going on myself. Ah. Oh, <laughs> oh I, wonder, I wonder what this could be about. I was trying to, yeah, I was trying to think. It's like, what did I do weeks ago? A self, and it's you're like, killing ah, me, Smalls. Yes, yes. Great. So this my you're killing me, Smalls is going towards myself. Because of all the excitement of actually getting to go on, blow the whistle oh, on the TV you, side. That's right. You, I better, got, you he, better do this. He got, that's right, you I, better. He got caught up in I the got, moment. I got a little too excited, <laughs> and I was having a lot of fun. 
And I threw out something very absurd. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not absurd. I mean, no, it wasn't an absurd. No, it seemed like good money. The Jets, I just wouldn't have put my car. On I, yeah, it. I wouldn't I have put my car. On I put, I've raised the stakes a little too yeah. high. <laughs> um, should the Jets have lost? I, you still wouldn't change my mind, even if I didn't bet my flipping car. Yeah, I would have been like, oh yeah, Jets. No, there ain't no chance in hell they're gonna oh, yeah. win. But congrats to the Jets for getting the win this season. <laughs> but thank you, not no not not not, not a thank you for winning because you <laughs> flipping gave me now I gotta put my car up for sale. So I guess my whole I, I, I just want to know how M feels about all this. Oh yeah. <laughs> so we'll we'll call her in. Tweet comes her through. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess my whole thing is Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> For getting way too overly excited and just saying about a whole saying a whole bunch of gibberish and putting your car out there for the Jets t- losing the game and if they were to win, Tyler, I give you a big old. You're killing me, Smalls. I'm going to go after the activist group that we've all probably heard of, PETA, the animal rights activist group. Yes, it's killing me, Smalls. That's right. Uh, but I'm going after PETA. Just a friendly reminder. And yeah. The suggestion that they're giving to Major League Baseball that they recently tweeted out, they're going after the term bullpen. So we talk about bullpen pitchers, bull, uh, whoa, whoa, guys whoa, coming whoa, out of the bullpen. And use pitch, replace bullpen with arm barn. That, yes. We, I, don't, I don't know if you can hear if the mic is picking up David over there, but he is dying oh, right now. He is oh, dying man. right now. I went to California and I got real. myself an arm this barn. Is, this, is this, a is real, thing. this is a real tweet that PETA put out. Is that anything like the dress barn? Seriously, people, are you kidding me? Yes, they are coming after oh. the term bullpen because it, it has speciest roots. I ha- I've never even heard of species. That's a new word, word for me. Like, speciesism <laughs> is real in this in this Could moment. Could be a species. Yes, uh, I, I've not heard that term, but we'll no, that- dig deeper into that. The oh, roots he, of that term. People that tweet with like tweet stuff like that would come up with a word like that. Yeah, I've yes. never heard of something like that chickens until you got fine, these people. Cows? Oh no. Yes. Yeah, so uh, we'll, Eat we'll re- all the chickens in the world. Yeah. yeah, we'll retweet this. So check out Blow the Whistles page. We will retweet this tweet. It was posted 11 26 October 28th by PETA. We will retweet this. We'll go on and retweet this. I mean, you go to the dress barn this to get... This is what Chick-fil-A needs to advertise it. Just eat, <laughs> eat more chicken. I'm telling, I'm telling you right now, you go to the dress barn to get discount dresses. Does that mean you're going to the arm barn to get a discount arm? Yeah. <laughs> and every single pitcher should come out and do the discount double check if they're coming out of the uh, arm barn. Be, because they're not starters. The starters can go five plus. You're going for the, the one or two inning arm in the arm barn. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. This kind of sounds a little awesome at the same time. Like, arm barn just sounds like kind of like, I don't know. There's a ring to it. I kind of. I might like it a little bit. I don't know. So, so you like it? A little bit. A little bit. No, bullpen still six. Bullpen. So but the arm barn. Yes. That's a, that's that's an. I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm that, picturing guys that is a, their I can't, arms I can't. off like that. That is a millennial rack. with too much time on their hands. <laughs> Coming in from the arm barn, Will Smith, and then we'll have the, 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 the actor Will Smith do a commercial for it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god! Well, the picture comes oh, out. The actor that is so pops up on the screen in a Beatles commercial. Like, I, I, I can't, I can't picture hearing that on TV. Like, oh yeah, this, there, there's Lucas Giolito warming up in the arm bar. <laughs> oh jeez! Yeah, you know what? Now you say it. Yeah, don't, don't sound Loosen right. up no, that no, arm no. in the arm yes. bar, and it's like. <laughs> That's yeah, just so, horrible. Uh, the I earliest recorded use of bullpen, it came out in 1877. So it's back to the beginnings of baseball. Jeez. Okay, they so were there cows term. in the bullpen? Is that why they called it? No, but seriously, like, there has to be some kind of origin onto why they called it a bullpen. Maybe that's where I'd all the fat guys were at. I don't know. I'd, I'd love to find out the origin of that. Do they know, yeah, if it had do they know there's no cows being harmed during the Major League <laughs> Baseball game or right, any baseball game? No cows were, like her, were harmed in the making of this warmed up and he beats Bessie right in the head. Listen, you are throwing into a leather glove, which is made of cow skin. Oh, God. You need to find different ways to make the gloves. And the tree huggers are going to come after us because of the bats, right? So you need, to switch to, you need to switch to titanium bats. According to the Oxford English Dictionary, oh, oh, yes, yes, the earliest recorded use of bullpen in baseball is in is in a Cincinnati Inquirer article published May 7th, 1877. Writer O.P. Kaler noted in a game recap, the bullpen at the Cincinnati grounds with its three for a quarter crowd has lost its usefulness. The bleacher boards just north of the old pavilion now holds the cheap crowd, which comes in at the end of the first inning on a discount. That was the first use of bullpen in a bullpen in a baseball game. It came in an article now, of you, a game recap. Listen, so not Brandon, you read that all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you should have done it in an old timey voice. Ah, yes, yes. Back in eighteen seventy seven. Can we just hold up instead of a sign, just a mannequin arm at arm barn? Oh. You know what? Oh. I'm gonna put that as the Twitter banner. Can we put yes. this on the bullpen now? Yes, vote for arm barn. So, now, see, now, we gotta be careful, because the last thing you want is PETA. PETA coming you. after us. Especially with what we eat every day. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. This, this is how we get our name out there. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. Alright, so we uh, we will vote for arm barn as we eat our next nine patty burgers. But, yes, to wrap it up, PETA for the suggestion to go away from bullpen and... Move to the arm barn, I say to you, Peter. You're killing me, Smalls. And that is the best. <laughs> that was the best so of your killing me, Smalls. Oh, yes, it was. was that is the best of your killing me, Smalls, Memory. from our past year, or at least what we chose. If you guys have a moment that we missed that you guys like, let us know. What was your favorite your killing me, Smalls moment from the past year? Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and be sure to send in your moments because when we come back, we're going to go through everyone's moment from this past week. On blow the whistle, but David has something to say. Don't forget about a special guest. Uh, yes, we will have actually multiple special guests yeah. calling in, coming into the studio. Yeah. We have a lot of things planned here for this next segment, so stay tuned, and we'll give you our Killing Me Smalls moments on Blow the Whistle. 
That's right. We are into You're Killing Me Smalls. Hope you guys enjoyed our favorite moments from last week. It's time to give our moments, or our mo- favorite moments from the last year. <laughs> it's now time to give our favorite okay. moments from this week. And we have the one and only Dustin Rhodes with us. Dustin Rhodes, executive producer of the Mully and Haw Show on 670 The Score. And we have him here, and he has a Killing Me Smalls moment, or maybe a couple, to share with us. So, Dustin, take it away. Well, first of all, guys, congratulations on a year it seems like i don't know if this is a good or a bad thing it feels like it feels like three years i don't know if it's because of covid because we know each other so well at this point um because of the fact that you guys have done two sometimes even three shows a week for the last year so the first killing me smalls is going to be a a positive killing me smalls and that is for uh tyler and brandon and double d david dykstra um, for doing as much as you've done over the last year, and it's put you guys in a good place. You guys are all gainfully employed as you're walking out of here or continue to do shows here, which you're obviously more than um, welcome to do. So for that, uh, in a positive way, the three of you are... You're killing me, Smalls! Yeah. Very yes. good, very good, Tyler. Very good. Very good. Tyler hit the button right at the yes. right time. Good work, Tyler. Good work. All right, now if I understand the, uh, the segment correctly, which I think I do, and I think, by the way, this is um, one of, if not the best, segments from a Illinois sports radio segment that somebody's come up with. Something new, something innovative, great drop. Um, I even saw a T-shirt, You're Killing Me Smalls, outside of Wrigley Field. You know those guys with the yeah. sticks? So we're going to have to go to a Cubs game. I'm, sh- I'm, I'm shocked that oh, all, the games, all, like, all the games I heard Januska <laughs> go to last year, I'm surprised all three of you aren't wearing those. But So we're going to keep it simple. Thanksgiving Day, Bears at Lions, bad Bears team, even worse Lions team. Second quarter, Bears are leading the game 10-7. to 7. Uh, somebody from David Dykstra's favorite school, Penn State, and I've told you guys when you cannot pronounce their name, refer to them differently. So number 24 on the Lions. <laughs> he wore number 21 on Penn State. Uh, do you want to tell me who I'm talking about? I would love to, but I can no- neither confirm or deny that I do not know how to pronounce his name either. <laughs> so we'll just leave it as number 24 from Penn State. That he works. intercepts a backup quarterback in Andy Dalton for a winless team. They do have a tie, but a winless team and the Lions have a celebration planned. A celebration planned for a turnover. You are a winless team. <laughs> you intercepted a ball, and then the offense went three and out with it. Okay? So for the Detroit Lions for having a synchronized and planned interception, let's celebrate, and then the offense going three and out after it, for the winless lions, you are. You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> that was that great. Was great. <laughs> that was good. Thank you, I guys. Good job. Good job. Thank Congratulations. You, Thank you. On a year, the show sounds uh, good as always, even better with Andrew as part of it now too. He's got uh, Thank you. a ton of opinions and comments to make. So always I do. just uh, I just re- <laughs> I just reviewed last week's uh, two-hour extravaganza. Most of it very good. One little negative, but you guys can wait for the notes. I saw, I saw the email. Notes. I didn't open wait it yet. The, yeah. Way to yeah, go, keep, Tyler. Keep the upbeat energy on the show and don't don't look for the negative stuff right now. <laughs> really, seriously, congratulations, guys. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, Dustin. Thank you, Dustin. Uh, oh, all right. Brandon. I'll give an update, too, by the way, real quickly. The player he's talking about is Amani Oruwari. 
That is the cornerback for the Detroit Lions. <laughs> okay. Oh, look at, look at Andrew. I still might have got it wrong. I don't know. I'm just I'm <laughs> pronouncing it how it's spelled. Only because of Andrew can I go DJ Uongulele. Yes. <laughs> wrong. Yes. Still wrong. There you go. <laughs> All right. And uh, we're just going to keep the guests going because we've got another one on the line right now in Emily Green. And she has something to say as well. What is your Killing Me Smalls moment, Emily? Well, I want to start off with congratulations on a year, you guys. Um, I actually feel like the opposite of Dustin. It feels like it was just yesterday when Tyler came to me a year ago. It was like, hey, so me and at this point, I had never heard your guys' names. Didn't know who you were. Me and these guys in school are going to do this show. And I was like, all right, have fun with that. <laughs> and so it's just cool to see like how far you guys have come. Aw, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, But I kind of have two. The first one, I just have to come at you guys for uh, pointing out the fact that I was trying to sleep earlier. (laughs) That wasn't us. That was Tyler. That was was Tyler. Blame your man. Blame on that one. (laughs) Um, I work night shifts. I sleep during the day. And I made sure I was awake for this, okay? Thanks, Adam. Thank you. Thank you. So, So, so Tyler. Thanks for making fun of me for sleeping. (laughs) You're killing me, Smalls. Yeah, Tyler. Another one right here. But then, so my actual one is, I actually, I was scrolling through Barstool trying to find something for this. And I found one, and it said, must watch video. And I was like, okay, this could be interesting. So I watched this video, and it's this Cowboys fan on Thanksgiving. And you just see it starts, he's like laying his head down on the table crying after the Cowboys lost. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, another guy walks in the room and he's like, it's just a game. It's just a game. It's no big deal. And it turns into him like kicking a chair over, screaming at everyone that their Thanksgiving food was absolute trash. Like wow. just going after everyone. Sounds like a typical Cowboys fan. (laughs) Tyler and I sat on the couch after eating Thanksgiving dinner and watched that game. And at the end of it, gave each other a high five and go, woohoo, Cowboys lost. (laughs) (laughs) That we did. That we did. (laughs) So to this random Cowboys fan who was just absolutely losing his mind and going after his Wow. Sorry. Wow. Sorry. Wow. Sorry. Jumping the Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> premature. You're killing me, Smalls. That doesn't happen very often, right. though, does it, Em? <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right, let's start over. <laughs> Not the first time those words have come out of Tyler's mouth when he's talking to him as well. His mother listens to this. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. <laughs> I got nothing. Well, I can't even, I don't know what to say. Congratulations on a year, guys. And it's been awesome to the past, I don't even month or so, just to see the awesome things that you guys are doing. Congratulations to all of you and see what the next year brings. Thanks, Thank Anne. you. Thanks, babe. All right, Tyler, I'm going to give you one more. <laughs> Tyler. <laughs> You're killing me, Smalls.
messing up your girlfriend. You're killing me small. I did that to myself. You're sleeping on the couch now, aren't you? She works tonight. Doggy I can sleep bed. where I want. Yeah. <laughs> He's in the dog cage. All right. And we also have a few more before we get into all of ours. A few more that have been sent in. Of course, KB Mac. Yes. yes. Our, our regular coming in clutch with another Kill Me Smalls moment. And he is taking aim at Tom Ricketts' meat shield. Or team president, Jed Hoyer. <laughs> did he seriously call him a meat shield? He sure that did. That is crazy. Oh, that is fantastic. He sure oh, did. Oh, wow. Uh, and he says, I've listened to him do the rounds on radio shows since the trade deadline and assure us that the Cubs would be active in free agency and sell us that the team would be willing to spend money. Well, we're nearing closer and closer to the CBA expiring, and I had to swerve out of the way of the tumbleweeds blowing through Wrigleyville the other day. Deals are getting done, and I don't even hear the Cubs' name even being linked to the people at this point. I think what the real plan here is is to run the clock out on the CBA when we all know the owners are going to lock out the players, and this thing is going to last a while. They're going to miss some games, and when they do, and the Cubs still have nothing off of note, Jed and Tom will be more than happy to tell us that they just couldn't do much because of the financial strain of the lockout and even more losses of biblical proportions, in quotes, of course. <laughs> so to Jed Hoyer and Tom Ricketts for continuing to operate the Chicago freaking Cubs <laughs> like a small market team, I say to you... You're killing me, Smalls! Can, can we Applied that was beautiful. That was, that was that unbelievably well articulated. That was great. That Can was I get great. that on a poster by any chance? <laughs> like that should be hanging up on a wall. That was amazing. That is beautiful. Oh my god. Yeah, that was so phenomenal. Well and honestly, I was planning on coming after basically the same thing, <laughs> and you just hit it right on the head. I might, I might go with something else now because you nailed it. I mean, yeah, that the wordsmithing on that was yeah. incredible, unbelievably great. I'm, I'm hoping he just like thought of that on his head, or it, if anything, like the little. Th- the source is right the there. The source then, yeah. is right yeah. there. Yeah. Can I just out? give a quick thanks to BMAC because he is the most involved uh, fan of ours and. Every week. Numero uno. He comes out with your killing smiles. And actually, I kind of remember we forgot to get to his last week, and I have it pulled up right here. I'm going to, just for you, BMAC, I'm going to read it for you. So he goes from last week, he goes, LeBron for actually backing away from Stewart behind his teammates, despite Stewart (laughs) having a chance to get to the Lakers, but but stopping himself short and waiting for his teammates to hold him back. He gives him... You're killing me, Smalls. Yes, that was a good That's one. Any, any, you're killing me, Smalls against LeBron James. We endorse. Absolutely, that was great because I, I felt bad that I missed it because I did that one last week too, going That's after right, LeBron yeah. after Stewart. So I should have combined it, and I totally forgot. So I didn't get a chance to see it. So I'm sorry, Brian, but we made it come back today. There, there you go. go. Who else we, we got it in? Who there. else we got, Brando? All right, we've got Neil Fiorito, who you guys will be hearing from later today. He yeah. will be calling yeah. into the show, and Neil, he, he's he's coming after the Bears. He is going what? after the Bears. Uh-oh. I know. I know. We're going to have him on to talk Bears later, so this is <laughs> this just a taste. Oh, yeah. This is just a little preview <laughs> of what he's going to say. And he says, first, it was a cluster duck, cluster <laughs> duck, early last well week when we learned that Matt Nagy would be fired by the Bears. Then the Bears came back and said, that's not true. Of course, we all had to pretend that nothing was going on and that everything was okay. Then on Thanksgiving Day, 
Sunday, we had to watch our Bears struggle to beat the worst team in the NFL, and then Sunday came with no Bears game, and I had to watch the stupid Packers win their game. I guess I didn't have to watch it, but you know what? You guys, you are still... You're killing me, Smalls! Stupid Packers. That was that was fantastic. The thing is, if we, the best part about it, I didn't have to, but I did. Yes. If we gave a count, if we counted out the amount of your killing smalls just on the bears, I think it's, oh my it's, it's, it's got to be at it's, least half. It's got to at least average one a week. I think yeah. Cubs are close. Cubs hey, are close. Listen, listen, when it comes to the bears, the, the, this radio show has a lot of collaboration. Yes, yeah. and, and they and actually collaborate. Who are a Lions fan. Yeah. I mean, my God. Yeah, the Bears actually collaborate with us. If we never have a Killing Me Smalls moment, we can always fall on them. Yeah, yeah. We, we can rely on, on the Bears. Exactly. I mean, they, they kind of do it for ourselves. Uh, yeah. It's our job easy. <laughs> yeah, wow. and, that is and, great. And did you guys get any others sent in as well? I did not. I have not gotten any in well, just I, yet. Well, I, w- I wouldn't know because my phone's uh, That's true. That is true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, so. that's fair. And then I believe the last one that we got was from Mario Kaleo. Oh, yeah, Mario. Uh, who, yeah. who is part of the go-to guys, so be sure to tune in to them as well on SportsNowChicago.com. And he had to come after Steph Curry because in a recent game, Steph Curry received a technical foul, and he follows that up with giving the ref a technical right back. He gives them the T. So to to them, Mario, on behalf of Mario, to Steph Curry, we say to you. You're killing me, Smalls. And that was more of a funny moment that than it was. was. Yeah. Just being angry, was. he thought it was amusing. So. Yeah. There was one uh, I was talking with Mike earlier just because I noticed that he popped in on the live stream was that uh, – he was. I, I thought he was going to come in here and say it, but I'll say it for him since I haven't seen him yet. But uh, what he was going to do as a quick "You're killing me, Smalls" was that Fanduel put Giannis Antetokounmpo to get a double double tonight as a boost bet. What? As a boost bet. What? Yeah. That, that that's a gimme. Yeah. That's so the easiest get that's ever. Easiest money you can ever get. So uh, I believe Mike was just like. Giannis had a Kupo double double boost bet. <laughs> yeah, and so, <laughs> so for Mike because he shared it with me today for Fanduel giving putting Giannis getting a double double tonight as a boost bet. We give you. You're killing me, Smalls. That's just easy money. Easy yeah. money. Easy. All right. Well, I think it's time for us to start getting into our picks. From this past week, it's about that time. Be sure, if you guys haven't sent them in yet, keep sending in your Killing Me Smalls moments, and we will read them out out loud on, on the air. But, yeah, it's time to get into our picks here. This may be someone calling in, actually. <laughs> Who knows? It might be a Killing Me Smalls moment. We'll let you know. But we're going to start off. We're going to start with Andrew. And, Andrew, what was your Killing Andrew, Me Smalls Andrew never goes from first. the last week? Andrew yeah. never goes first. All right. <laughs> I'm going to do this for the final time. I'm hoping this is the My final time. behind <laughs> yeah, this is the I, final I, time yeah, we I, hear about this I, guy. It's, it's not. I bet it's not. You You are to him like I am to Urban Meyer. Let's oh. just get this straight <laughs> right we, now. We're going to have a real conversation. I've already hit him up in the messages, so we're going to work this out. Ben Simmons, yet again, oh, yes. is hitting the oh, news cycle I, one more time. For those who don't know, it has been quite the roller coaster with Mr. Ben Simmons himself and the Philadelphia 76ers. I don't want to go to the doctor. I want to go to the NBA doctor so I keep getting paid so that I don't have to go to you guys so then you can't find me. Well, apparently, the fines resumed here in November, and they have been going along at $360,000 per game. This man signed a five-year, $177 million deal 
and is now losing again three hundred and sixty thousand dollars per game. Okay, now it is being reported at this point that Ben Simmons, the man who has a huge contract, who is supposed to be a superstar in the NBA, is going broke. Yep. Yep. That's right, folks. He is going broke. Why? Well, according to multiple articles at this point, I mean, I've read across the board, <laughs> Ben Simmons apparently has all sorts of cash flow problems. Sorry, I get choked up just talking about it because it makes me so happy that he's <laughs> suffering. Um, because this man apparently is buying a car for four or $5,000 every single month and has two, count them, two $17.5 million houses in Philly. What do you need two houses for? What do you need a car every month for? Wait, wait. I, I don't mind the two houses. You don't mind the two houses? <laughs> but in the same city? Yeah, exactly. That's the issue. Not one in LA, not one in Miami. Like two, <laughs> two. in the city? What is wrong with you? I mean, Why? don't get me wrong. I love Philly, but right. no. Not exactly. Like, dude, you're 25 years old. Save your money. For God's sakes, everybody has should what did you not learn basic finances? Did your dad not say, you know, you should really put a quarter away every time you spend a dollar? <laughs> Dude, come on. You are spending so much cash. And now he may be forced to go back to the 76ers because he's going to have nothing left. He may, be, <laughs> he may be having to come out of practice in his car. Did you come from your house? Yeah, I drove it here. Like, that's going to be his conversation with the 76ers. This man, a 25-year-old superstar, living the dream is proving just why... Fame and fortune should not be dominating your life because clearly that's all this guy cares about. He cares nothing about the game. If you did, you'd be there in practice. You'd be earning your playing time. And instead, he wants to buy the new Ferrari and buy another home in Philly. Again, like David said, I know Philly's a decent place, but it's pretty cool. Los Angeles, Miami. Dude, I, you know, Orlando, where, Texas, for where your other out. players are residing, right. like in yeah. Orlando. Come on, man. Like, seriously, this is the I mean, you're not even spending the money in the right way. I, 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 I'm firmly believing that he's buying like Teslas. He's not even buying like he's not even buying Ferraris and Lamborghinis. He's buying like a, like the upgraded Toyota Corolla or something like that. And he's like, oh, this is bank. Right. And it's like, no, dude, it's not even a G-Wagon. It's like the basic car that mom and pop drive the kids to school from. Like, come on, man. No AFM FM stereo yeah. in it. Is this what happens yeah. when you break up with a Jenner or something like that? Like you just lose your mind and your <laughs> finances, apparently. I don't know. But to Ben Simmons. For I know it won't be, but what I'm hoping for will be the last time I have to do this with you. I say to you, sir. You're killing me, Smalls. I have beef with him now. There's two things I want to say about that, which is really <laughs> funny. Was you said about him need wanting to find a, a doctor? Yeah. What, what kind of doctor? No one's going to so fix his the, broken shot. Well, so the, here's the thing. <laughs> he wanted to go to the NBA doctors first to get clearance and everything on his mental health. Before okay. he went to the Philly doctors, so he could keep getting paid, because otherwise, if he didn't, if he went to Philly, he'd stop getting paid and he'd start getting fined. Okay. That's what the problem was. He wanted to get a professional diagnosis, but he's still getting fined anyways because everyone's like, "Yeah, no, we're not giving him a diagnosis." <laughs> Unbelievable with this guy. I'm, I, I hope I can get on, in touch with him because I want to have an interview with this dude. I'm I telling do. you right now, be. this is a reality show in the making. <laughs> oh, it is. Oh, it absolutely is. Now, Save, do we? It's called Save Simmons. <laughs> Save Simmons. <laughs> saving Simmons. Should we put saving that, Silverman? Should we put that as the GoFundMe to help? No, <laughs> Ben Simmons. <laughs> Not at all. Give him a nickel. It's a give nickel. Give him a nickel. Yeah, give him a nickel. <laughs>
If you were uh, a loved yeah, one, yeah. <laughs> if you want to help Ben Simmons, please. From yes. All right. Uh, uh, ben Simmons, Andrew's favorite player. I do. Let's and, talk. Yeah, ladies I will, and I will that was, totally do that interview. All right. David. <sighs> <laughs> Should we start with Tyler? Tank Bigsby. <laughs> He's good. Running back from Auburn University. <laughs> it's the fourth quarter. Alabama still has all their timeouts. Or no, they had two timeouts left. Two. They had two timeouts left. A minute 40 left on the clock. No, yeah. it was a little bit more than that. A minute and change. It, a minute so. and change left on the clock. You run the first play. They've got to call a timeout. Great. Great job. Second down. You run the ball. You make the edge. Good job, buddy. You're going to get the first down. No, no. What are you, what are you doing? You ran out of bounds. <laughs> you have one job. Keep that clock ticking. And guess what happens on third down? Do we have a guess, Andrew? I don't know, David. You want to tell us? Oh, they throw and they miss the throw. <laughs> so guess what happens? Alabama gets the ball back. A minute and some change left on the clock with one timeout left. Mm -hmm. Guess what happens, ladies and gentlemen? Alabama goes down the field, scores a touchdown, ties the game, goes into overtime, and Alabama wins. Yeah. Tank <laughs> Bigsby. All you had to do was fall to the ground. You do that, they run the you run on third down. Alabama gets the ball back with 40 seconds, maybe a little more, maybe a little less yeah. left on the clock. They do not go down the field and score a game-tying touchdown and then eventually win in overtime. So Tank Biz Bisbee. Blah, <laughs> I'm mad. Yeah, Auburn lost guys, this game. Alabama did not win face. this game. Tank Bisbee for not staying in bounds and knowing what you're supposed to do in that situation. I give you a big old... You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> He's so he's roaring at yeah, people. Yeah. I'm you doing that. that. He's growling. <laughs> the bulldog came out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Georgia bulldog. Georgia bulldog. Yeah. Yeah. I am gonna go after towards the Florida and Florida State game. <laughs> oh, why would oh, you boy. do something awful like that? Oh, because oh, this was. If you guys saw this, this I was, wish I had because my uncle's a huge Florida. I had to actually ask him. Hey, did Florida actually win? <laughs> <laughs> Just need confirmation real quick. Real quick. <laughs> so I didn't see the whole game, but I just saw the <laughs> oh, my, the, the ending of this. It was oh. ridiculous. <laughs> so in the fourth quarter, Florida scores a touchdown. They're up 24-7. You think it's over. Florida State comes back, scores whoa. another touchdown. Whoa, whoa. What? They were up 24-7 in the fourth quarter? In the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. Oh, I want to hear this now yeah. because I know so, what the final score was. So <laughs> just watch. Just look, get a little fast. <laughs> so... In the fourth quarter, uh, Florida gets a, gets another touchdown, twenty-four to seven. Florida State comes back, twenty-four to fourteen. Great. Then Florida State gets another touchdown, brings it to between within twenty-four to twenty-one. Onside kick time, right? Yeah, yeah. Ryan Fitzgerald goes for the onside kick. Not like you're getting all scared about going for a game-winning field goal. No, goes for an onside kick. Whiffs. The onside kick, his cleat, the little spike on the bottom of his foot, tips the ball, and he totally, strike three, you're out. And 
<laughs> the ball, I think, goes just a five, bit not outside. even five yards. The ball goes five yards, <laughs> buddy. I mean, I'm not a Florida State fan. I'm not uh, not a Florida fan, but I mean, because I know the Florida Gators have been exposed. I mean, hell, they gave up. Well, how many points was it? Fifty-five points to Stanford. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't deserve to win this game. I wanted to see Florida State upset them, but dude. You practice and practice that all you're doing in all your practice, you're only using your right leg. That's all you're using in practice. And you can't prop, you can, not properly hit, uh, do an onside kick. You can't even do the onside kick. The wind hit the ball from your foot. <laughs> this is the your airbender. job. Man, your draft stock just dropping. <laughs> But I mean, come on, man! You, Scott, you were set up to at least get your guys in a fair advantage to possibly at least tie the game up. But no, you could totally whiff it, and so <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm not sad. I'm not. It's just, it was just. Oh man, dude, you screwed yourself. So Ryan Fitzgerald for absolutely just whiffing that kick. I give you a. You're killing me, small. And now, I was almost go now, ahead. now as a former place kicker, can I just say <clears throat> I know what happened there? What? I know exactly what he overthought it. Oh, I guess he absolutely tried to get too cute with it and make it perfect. And like the some, of the, some of the best what is onside it with Florida kicks, kickers, man. They, 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 it's Florida, the Florida State guy. I know. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just it's ridiculous. The, it's Florida, Florida. You need State, to get Janikowski just... back down there to start teaching <laughs> these guys. Well, then even a day day later. The Rams whiff on their onside yeah. kick yeah. too. I, I don't mean, even know what I, I don't know why maybe they, they need do. to look at what North Carolina State did to North Carolina uh, on Friday. I don't that understand. Was... I've only seen it happen a few times where they have the ball set up sideways. That's how uh, yeah, the Rams spin and spin yeah. it. It very sometimes it works. I've seen it where it curves perfectly. I'll have yeah. to show but, you. I'll have to show you the one from the North Carolina North Carolina State game. That was probably one of the better executed mm-hmm. onside kicks I've seen in a while. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, Zerline. Uh, totally just shanked that one and <laughs> went like maybe five yards. It was a little further than Fitzgerald's. Yeah. Yeah. But well, there was, was one guy one time that tried to kick it with his his opposite foot is like a misdirection and completely. Oh, I yeah. think it was a Bears guy, wasn't it? Uh, I know it wasn't a Bears guy. So he tried. He went up with his right to kick it with his right leg, but then he came back with his left, left leg <laughs> to try and kick it behind oh, his right yeah. leg to like misdirect. And I think he tripped over himself yeah, yeah. and like missed the ball. Yeah, he did that's almost right. completely. Like that's it was right. embarrassing. <laughs> it, that's like a Shaq in a fool type of moment. It was ridiculous. At, at least they didn't Charlie Brown it whiff and end up on your back. <laughs> I think he was close. Oh, yeah. I think he was close. You know, what? I'm gonna find the video now. Right. <laughs> Check out our social media at Blow Whistle One, and you'll we'll post that video. We're for saving you the guys. best for last, by uh, the way. Yeah, and it's, I never go first, but uh, I'm gonna go first this time either. I'm going last this time. And yeah, and KB Mac did such a good job covering the Cubs situation, so I'm not even gonna worry about that because he did a nice job covering the inactivity I, so listen, far for the Cubs. I see what's up on his computer screen right now. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> I love this. I can't wait. Um, I know exactly what he's doing. Similar to Neil, I'm also going after the Bears, and and I'm going after a specific thing with the Bears. You know your season is is going poorly when you can't do the simplest of tasks correctly. You can't do the little things right. The Bears do a lot of things wrong, but I thought they could at least, like, you know, uh, do a coin toss correctly. Maybe. 
Well, turns out, it turns out they oh, cannot. So they cannot do the opening coin toss correctly <laughs> because they did that wrong on Thanksgiving. Oh, so good. And that is linebacker Christian Jones who is out there to do the opening coin toss uh, between the Bears and the Lions on Thanksgiving. Who's Christian Jones, by the way? Is he like a special teams so, guy? Uh, Second time hey, with the team, by the way. Yeah, this he's, is, he's a linebacker. Say, he's been he, with the he's Bears a backup, before. Backup oh God, linebacker. Back. He rotates in, but yeah, primarily special so teams. That's why he got the captain? Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, and yeah, just so, sure. I mean, with the injuries and everything, yeah, he got out there. Christian Jones, he, so the Lions win the toss, and they choose to defer, meaning they want, the ki- they want to receive the ball in the second half. Okay, so now you ask the Bears, all right, what side do you want to defend? Well, they ask Christian Jones, okay, what side? We defer. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, defer what, yeah. you defer what side yeah, you want to play yeah, on? Yeah. We, we defer. He said it more than once. We defer. It's like he was told by the coaches, hey, you're going up there. Just say we defer. Don't worry about anything else. Just go up there. Say we defer. And that's all he knew how to do was go up there and say we defer, even though the Lions already deferred the ball. So the Bears were getting the opening kickoff, and, and he's just trying to give it back. He's trying to defer, defer. the defer. Well, yeah. we defer your defer. Yeah, we, we defer your defer yeah, your defer. Uh, the ref should just at that point be like, do you guys really want to play this game? And the answer is no, probably no. no. No, we do not. We uh, yeah, can we just forget this one? We'll call it a tie. We'll yeah. give the Lions another tie. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they just tried, to, tie. just tried to defer it again. So Christian Jones just didn't – to the Chicago Bears in general, this is just <laughs> a, a picture, a glimpse into a bigger problem with this team is that it's just falling apart. They can't – can't do well on the field. They can't even do well before the game starts with an opening coin toss. So the Chicago Bears, for not even getting the little things right, I say to you. You're killing me, Smalls. You can't even get a coin toss correctly. In Madden, it gives you the options. Do you want to choose what side or do you want to kick or receive? And then once you choose one, you don't have that option again. You, the opponent cannot also choose to kick the ball. There's one choice. One team will be kicking off. You're not both going to kick, although that would be interesting. You both that, set up a ball something. on either side on the 35, and you both just kick it to the other side. Uh, just return it to each end, and you just collide against each other. other. You yeah. know it was hilarious because Troy Aikman never breaks character when he's doing <laughs> Yeah, And he goes, that was probably one of the most amusing coin tosses I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. And I, it, it, like for Troy Aikman to say something like that, you go, oh, God, yes. what now? And, and that's right up there with Matt Hasselbeck's. We want the ball and we're going to score. Yeah. There, and then immediately throws an interception for some, the loss. Yeah. And, and if you're wondering what the Bears did with the ball, there's a reason why they tried to defer. <laughs> yeah. They ended up punting. They ended up punting on the opening I just, drive. So. I just feel like of that. throughout this whole Bears season, just when you think that things just can't get worse, or just be they more embarrassing. Find a way. They 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 do a great hold job my beer. finding yeah. a way. <laughs> hold my beer. Hold <laughs> like, like we said earlier, if you're ever lacking a, a killing me smalls moment, just go back and look at the Bears game. Just look at yeah. you'll find yeah. something. There is something there that had you saying you're killing me smalls, guaranteed every game. So yeah, the Chicago Bears. Chicago just, Bears. That's our guarantee, uh, that's, folks. That's your guarantee. <laughs> that's their guarantee. You can never go wrong. Ben Simmons. <laughs> Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, the Chicago Bears, Urban Meyer, <laughs> and LeBron James. Those Can't are our wrong. guarantees, ladies guarantees, and gentlemen. Folks. That's right. I wish we could do a guarantee on PETA right now because I'm looking through PETA. <laughs> <laughs> so we can find 
It's just a lot of things about not arm, eating turkeys. Armbar. <laughs> armbar. All right. So remember, everyone, Chicago Bears, always a killing me spells moment. Vote for Armbarn and Urban Meyer. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and and Cameron well, Rogers, you know of what? course. You just when you said vote, we should get our all together the greatest killing You're killing me smalls moments. Do a voting poll. See what the people think. I like who's it. Who's got the who? My who made for armbar? Yeah, my I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Arm barn. I, I, I think that's won. a guaranteed winner. <laughs> voting booth is closed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was quick. Yeah. I already we returned won. Vote for another second. time. <laughs> See what uh, people. Think. But yeah, I like yeah. the idea. So check out our social media: Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Low T Whistle One. And maybe there will be a poll coming out soon. A little bracket, and Ooh. we'll choose. We'll choose. We'll go head to head with some of these killing me smells moments. Mm-hmm. So, March be, on the, be on the lookout for that. Yeah, March Madness, March, yeah, March Madness. Madness style. Yeah. Be on the lookout he's for gonna that. He's going to do that, right? Even though he's not here. Uh, yeah, I'll he'll be in charge. Of I'll find he'll a way. Be in charge I'll, of that. I'll definitely well. submit my killing me small okay, moments. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yes, be sure to send in your killing me small moments if you haven't already, and we'll find a way to read them off. We've still got plenty of time. Two full hours still remaining on this show. We're just approaching our normal start time at this point. Yeah. So send them in Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter <laughs> at Blow One. Tyler sounded exasperated there. I was just yeah. like, I didn't even realize. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I can't even think we went with two hours already. This is Done? our normal start yeah, time this is coming awesome. up now. Uh, but when we come back, we are going to talk a little bit of Chicago Bears and the Bears who snapped a five-game losing streak on Thanksgiving and now just sit one game out of a playoff spot. Oh, good no. We'll be joined by a special guest to discuss whether or not they can claim that final seed. That's next on Blow the Whistle. That's right. We are back for hour three I of mean, Blow the Whistle. Can I just say something? I feel a little guilty playing that coming back out. I know we, we play it every time they win, but like, was that really a win? Uh, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll discuss a, what we're going to call that. What you call it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, hour three of Blow the Whistle. We're going to jump in with the Chicago Bears. Brandon Januska still with David Dykstra, Tyler Beardball, Andrew Valentin. And we are joined by another special guest. We have on the line with us today, Neil Fiorito, the traffic reporter of WBBM Radio uh, 780, WBBM 780, as well as an instructor here at the Illinois Media school in Lombard and a die-hard Bears fan. So that's why we brought him on. We want to know everything he has to say. You heard his Killing Me Smalls moment earlier. Now we have him on the line to go deeper into what was that Chicago Bears, whatever we want to call it, <laughs> over, the, it? over the Detroit Lions. Neil, how are you doing? I'm good. First of all, guys, I can let you know that the Edens is clear in both directions. The Kennedy a little heavy, though, too, and from the airport, so keep that in mind. There you go. Thanks, Appreciate it, Neil. Thanks, that, Neil. That, that's your blow the whistle traffic update for today. <laughs> we took out the sports updates. We got traffic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can, I can honestly say anytime that introduction is played on any radio station, my I get excited. I get pumped up. So keep playing it. I don't care if they lose 100 to nothing. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, for Neil, we'll keep playing Bear Down Chicago Bears. Thank you. All right. Well, we're going to dive into this this game between the Bears and the Lions. And, and Neil, we'll start with you. Your initial thoughts on, on the win. They won the game, but there were still a, lo- a lot of issues with that game. And the Bears sitting just actually a game out of the playoffs. Did you see anything in this game that makes you think this can be a playoff team? Absolutely not. 
No, I, uh, I, you know, I'm, a, I'm, I become kind of an apathetic, pessimistic fan, you know, during the week. But of course, once Sunday hits, it's a whole different ball game. But I don't see them going anywhere. I mean, they're so erratic. The quarterback situation is like it always is, and unfortunately, probably will always be back and forth, no consistency. Um, you know, Andy Dalton came out and looked okay. I mean, he did what he had to do. He's a veteran who's been around for a long time. But even if they, you know, I'd like to see them win out, wouldn't that be great to see, you know, some building and see them getting better and see Justin playing better? And But, I, you know, unfortunately, I don't think that, that's going to happen. I don't see them making the playoffs. And even if they do, they don't deserve to be in the playoffs. Uh, Neil, I, I got a question for you. Just uh, from the past draft, you you brought up Justin Fields. Uh, we also know that Tevin Jenkins is now back in practicing with the team in pads and everything like that. Uh, what would be your opinion on playing both of those to the rest of the season? Would would you be okay with having Justin back as a starting quarterback or would you rather see them sit him for the rest of the season? And do you want to see Tevin Jenkins on the field or just give him the year off to completely heal? I really want to see Tevin uh, Jenkins on the field. I mean, he, he talked the talk early on and got me excited as a Bears fan. As you guys know, I don't follow college as closely as, as most of you guys do, but all I heard about this guy coming out was he was a master and a monster and a killer. I want to see that. So if Kevin Jenkins is ready to play, I think you should put him in, Coach, because we only have you know several games left of the season. If he's able to play, why not see what he has and hopefully build on into next year? Same with Justin Fields. Let, let's face it, guys. This season's lost. I mean, even if they win a few more games and eke into the playoffs, where are they really going to go? I mean, it's not like you see Green Bay. this team. You, well, <laughs> but still, I'm still sick after watching that game. I mean, I got a Sunday no bears, and I'm watching that going, oh! <laughs> I'm, you know what? I'm okay keeping Justin in there as long as he's healthy. He's already played enough. He's already gotten beat up enough. Why not just let him continue to develop? Now, if you would have asked me in the, at the beginning of the year, should we bring him in? I would have probably said no because I'm all for a quarterback sitting on the bench and learning from someone like Andy Dalton and Nick Foles. That's fine. They've been in the league for a while. Uh, but now that he's already in the fray, you might as well just let him go as long as he's healthy enough. Yes, I want to see Seven and I want to see Justin and I want to hopefully see some fun things going into the following year to next year. Neil, I got a question for you. So, as I think we all we all heard during last week before uh, the Thanksgiving game was that there was rumors that Matt Nagy was informed that he was going to get fired after the game, um, but then they came out saying that it was not true. Despite I mean, even though there's been no history that the Bears have ever fired a head coach in the middle of the season, if the Bears did uh, lose to the Lions, did you would you have thought that the Bears were going to do it? Uh, actually fire him, even if history repeats that they never fire a head coach midseason? No, I, 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 think, uh, the, I think the whole issue with that was my person, a personal opinion is it got leaked out. We were all talking about it last week. As you guys know, we were all talking about it, wondering what was happening, looking at messages on our phone, seeing what was going to happen with Coach Nagy. Um, so I think because of that and that leaked out, that's the reason – George backed off and said, okay, 
We're not going to do it now. We're going to do it at the end of the season. But if you ask me if I think he was going to get fired after that game regardless, I, I think he was. I think his coaching career was going to be over in Chicago that very next day, win or lose. But because of the situation and that it got out, and he was going to be playing a game uh, knowing he was going to get fired and everybody else knew it, I just think that they decided to hold off until the end of the year. There's no chance I see him back. And there's, I think Ryan Pace is out the door, too, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I think we all heartedly agree with you, Neil, and in the hopes that Nagy uh, is probably out. Um, but you did mention Ryan Pace, and obviously, you know, that's kind of a question for concern as well as obviously the GM position and also is talk as well as the president situation with Ted Phillips. So I want to ask you this. I mean, obviously, we know the coach has not worked out the way we wanted it to. Ryan Pace is obviously another one that a lot of Bears fans want to see fired as well. But is there anything more that we want to you want to see with this team in terms of being changed, like with Ted Phillips potentially, or even with the McCaskies? I know we've had sort of conversations in the background before about this kind of stuff. But, I mean, other than what we've kind of seen with the Nagy, you know, fire Nagy and stuff, what other changes do you, you see with the Bears front office potentially happening this year uh, from the McCaskies with the McCaskies? I think uh, I think uh, a lot of fans would agree. I think most of you guys sitting in that room would agree that until they get a football person running their organization, the same thing is going to keep happening. I like Matt Nagy. I think he seems like a hell of a coach. I think that he is a rah-rah guy. He's an intense guy. I like his emotion. Sure, I don't like the answers that he gives most of the time, but that's coach speak. What else is he you know, supposed to stay with a lot of things. Um, Ryan Pace, too. I do like Ryan Pace. I think he's done a lot of good for us since he's been here. Unfortunately, he's tied to Trubisky. And unfortunately, Matt Nagy could not use Trubisky in the right way to get him to where he needed to be. Um, so I think unless we get somebody in there that's running the organization from the top, not Ted Phillips, a football person that is running things from the top, Everyone that comes in there is going to fail. Unless they had Mike Ditka the way he was back in the 80s, where he didn't care what Mike Ditka said. He's a Hall of Fame coach. He cared about the team. He had a lot of passion. Until that changes and you don't just have a yes man in there and you have someone who knows football running that organization, I don't care who you put in there. They're not going to succeed. Yeah, are there any names out there that you would like to see them go after to possibly take a job like that, be that that uh, head of football? I would love to see the Goober, Peyton Manning, come into Chicago, take the reins. And from what I understand, and I think I heard this from one of you guys at the school, was he has a, a relationship with the McCann. I didn't like him, who knows football, who's been there, who's done it. Not to mention, he's got so much personality. I think that the city would benefit from him running things in that organization, I think the organization would benefit a great deal. So if you ask me, I want Peyton, Goober, Manning running my team. I heard an interesting one today during uh, <clears throat> listening to the score. Olin Krutz was asked if he would do be the ball to I think with the actually got to meet him personally for the first time walking around the score studios and what a nice guy. What a down-to-earth guy, but someone who means business and someone who, if you're not doing things right, might punch you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he might grab George by his head and say, this is what I'm going to do, George, whether you like it or not. You know what I'm saying? I mean, all kidding aside, uh, I love George McCaskey. 
do. I really do. But I, I would, you know, Olin Cruz, that would be a phenomenal name too. But my first choice would be Peyton Manning. But if you've got an ex-player in there, someone who played at a high level, someone who's real and not just BSer, coach speak or, you know, GM speak, I don't want that anymore. I want real. And I want someone who's played the game at a high level. So, sure, bring Olin in. Well, I know Detroit did it with Spielman, that it, and that was kind of the 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 caveat of how the conversation came about was that Br- well, and there's Detroit, John Lynch as well yeah. in San Francisco, and I'm li- listen on my end especially, I'm all for as long as it's a proven player that has the knowledge of how a front office does work, and I think Peyton Manning is a guy that has that ability, but I also want to make sure that this is a guy that understands how to see talent. And listen, I'm not saying he doesn't, but I also. And one who looks at the original execs and stuff, the college scouting guys and all that. And I say, they understand how to develop, find the talent. And that's really what this Bears team kind of kind of needs. So that's why I've brought out like a name. Like I said, Vi- Lionel Vitale, who works with the Falcons yeah. right now, worked with the Cowboys, found Dak Prescott, found Grady Jarrett, found all these diamonds in the rough, essentially in the later rounds. I know that Pace has done that as well, but he's also hit on first round picks too, which we know Pace has had a problem with. So at least yeah. for myself personally, I will say that while I'm all for letting the player, former players be the GMs or whatever the case is, I also still want to consider those guys that are the reoccurring names for those jobs as well, because I think they can still help this team rebuild because I think it's time to say the Bears are rebuilding. Yep, and the guy you brought up, uh, what, what did you say, Andrew? His name is Vitel. Lionel Vitel. Yeah, I, I think, you know, after you brought that up last week, I actually did a little research, too, uh, on my own, and I, I would be okay with that, too. I actually completely forgot about that because I got so so excited about Peyton, and then, you, and then Davis <laughs> throws Owen into there, so now I'm really geeked up. But, uh, I, I would, uh, yeah, I would, I would mind Vitel because obviously he's proven that he's done some real good uh, in the NFL, and for his team. So I'd be okay with that too. Ryan Pace had kind of a good track record coming into this. It wasn't, I don't think as maybe promising as Vitell's, but I would be happy with that too. And I, I definitely trust your judgment when it comes to, to that for sure. Neil, I have a question kind of going back to about how you were talking about how Matt Nagy isn't one of those guys, like kind of like, totally different from Mike Dicka, how Dick could never really, um, followed what the McCaskey said and only go with what Virginia McCaskey said. Um, it came out a little, like, around the same time about the rumors about him being fired, that apparently Nagy got forced into the decision of making Justin Fields the starting quarterback. This throughout the season, Nagy, the whole fear, a goo, starting one should him throughout the whole season. Well, number one, I don't believe that McCaskey's forced the team to do anything. I, I really don't think that. That's how it went down. That's my personal opinion. Until I hear different, that's what I believe. That it was maybe a choice by Ryan, possibly. Um, but, I mean, you know, he went, uh, Andy went down, if I'm not mistaken. So someone had to go in there. Um, you know, I, I, we've already seen Nick Foles. We want to see that again. I, you know, I guess there was really nowhere else to turn. But to Justin Fields, it's just a shame that he had to start against a team like the Browns in Cleveland. Um, I, but I, I honestly don't think that uh, I don't think the McCaskies forced that into uh, into that you know to that happening. Um, I, I think that might have been a Ryan Pace thing, or just as you know, the fact is that Andy Dalton got hurt, and you know you wanted to kind of get a glimpse at Justin Fields, and I think a lot of the fans did too. Um, but I yeah, I'm, I'm fine with 
that decision. Would I have liked to see him sit? Yeah, but who else are you going to bring in? Nick Foles, I guess you could have brought him in, and maybe he would have played better last year, you know, under a different coach. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I just – I really don't think that the McCaskies force that on uh, Brian and, and uh, Matt, though. I really don't. Okay, yeah. I mean, we don't know what they did, obviously, and we – it's all speculation. I just think that if they did, like Matt Nagy has come out and said he didn't want Dalton to, or Dalton, he wanted Dalton to be the starter. Right. Do you agree with Dalton being the starter now at this point? I know, I know you said that you, you were okay with the switch and you want Justin Fields to go come back in, but with it being a rib, a rib injury, would you rather him sit out the rest of the year to get a hundred percent? Well, I mean, I, I don't want to see the kids keep getting hurt and, and yeah, ribs are kind of a delicate, a delicate thing. So I, you know, if he's still not a hundred percent, then I say you keep Andy Dalton in there. But if, if Justin feels he's ready to go and he's healed up, I don't know about rushing him back for this coming week, but I think eventually he should get back in there because, He's already been in a handful of games in tough areas, you know, tough places to play. And he's done okay. You know, it's not like we've watched him and, and you know, we've talked about it and, and we've said, wow, he just looks terrible. Because you've seen some flashes, but you've also seen some rookie things going on there too. So I think if he's ready to go and if Justin feels okay and he feels like he's healed up, I, I think that they should throw him in there definitely because, now more playing time is just going to help them, I think. I think each week we've seen a little bit of progression. Yeah, you've seen some regression in certain spots, but he's new to the NFL, and that's like with any quarterback. I think sometimes you get those guys who come out and have that real lucky year and everything kind of goes their way. Um, but I think if Justin Fields is ready to go, he's the future of the organization, play him. If Justin says, hey, I'm ready, I feel okay, play him. Why not? Yeah, uh, definitely. I, I, we're going to come back to something that you said earlier, and I completely agree with what you said earlier, Neil. I think the Bears were going to fire Nagy, win or lose, the Friday after the Thanksgiving game, but they got scooped and didn't know quite how to handle it because that information leaked out before they had an opportunity to talk to Matt Nagy. Uh, I... I, I will say I do not agree with uh, getting rid of Ryan Pace. I still think there's some talent there with Ryan Pace and his ability to find people. But moving forward, you you foresee Matt Nagy being they probably you think they've already had the conversation. This is your last year, or do you think there's opportunity for him to earn another year? I think the writing's on the wall. I think what what happened and what you know what came down last week with. Uh, you know, that, that story coming out about him getting fired. I really think that he probably talked to George, and George probably told him, hey, we'll get through the season. Let's see how the season shakes out, you know, and we'll, we'll go from there. But I, I don't see Matt Nagy coming back. I really don't. Ryan Pace, I could see. I do like Ryan Pace. Again, I'll, I'll say that again. I do like him. I think he's done a lot more good than bad for our team, and he's young. Um I, I, I don't know, though. Do we want him picking out another coach? I, you know, I it, it's hard. You know, as much as I want the consistency, I see teams like Green Bay, and I see teams like Pittsburgh Steelers, and, like, obviously the Patriots for a lot of years. What do they all have in common? And that's consistency. Uh, and, and I really, 
would like the Bears to have that, but yeah, I just don't see Nagy being around at the end of the year. Brian Pace, yeah, maybe, but I do definitely, I do not see Matt Nagy being here at the end of the year. And I think, I think the the new coach hire comes with them going and getting a director of football operations. Yeah. Uh, and saying this isn't just your decision, Ryan Pace. This is going to be a collaboration between. Yeah. <laughs> I'm using that word yeah. again. Hey, it, it is status quo. We use it all the time. Well, yeah, no kidding. Well, I'll say really, and I'll say really quick, guys. I have heard from sources too that Ryan Pace could, uh, you know, be with Ted Phillips over in Arlington Heights, getting you know, getting that figured out, getting that thing going because. I think it's just a matter of time before that happens as well. I had so heard Ryan Pace phone. I had heard that too, Neil. That they, he was part of the Arlington Heights deal, so that might be another reason Ryan Pace isn't going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, I agree, and that would be fine. I, I'm okay with that. Like I said, I have nothing against Ryan Pace. I like him, and I like Matt Nagy too. But he just he hasn't gotten it right. And that was part of the you know when Lovey Smith got fired. It's, you know, you like you fired this guy in a winning season. He's got nine years. He could never get the offense right, and that was his downfall. And Nagy is a quarterback. You know, he played the game. I know he didn't play in the NFL, but he played at a pretty high level um, and, you know, won championships and whatever they went on that side. I, I'm not really uh, sure. I don't follow that, you know, that brand of football. But obviously the guy played at a pretty high level, and, and, you know, he just hasn't been able to get – you know, if he had just used Trubisky, I think, to his talents and his strength, I think that – Trubisky would have been okay. I like Mitch Trubisky, um, and I don't think it's his fault that it didn't work out. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I, yeah. I think Trubisky was thrown into a bad system that didn't work with him, never adjusted to his talents, and he, he's had success, albeit on the practice field, but he definitely looks Best better with Buffalo. ever. Yeah, he looks better yeah. with B- Buffalo than he ever did with the Bears. And this could just be, I agree. I agree with that. And this yep. could just be my personal opinion. It's just... With the growth of Justin Fields, I mean, other Bears fans could say this too. It almost seems like a repeat of when they brought just our Mitch Trubisky in. So shut your mouth. <laughs> no, no, no. That's why I'm saying. saying that. That's why I'm saying is if I'm hoping that the front that office sees that yeah. and will notice that the issue is coming from Nagy. Right. It wasn't never Trubisky. And it shouldn't be, it won't be Justin Fields. Not shouldn't be, it won't be because I think they, they should hope to know that they'll f- find out that it's Nagy and then cut cut loose ends with him by See, the end of the season. The problem with that is that Mitch Trubisky, unfortunately, is just an average quarterback. Right. And he was when he came out of college. I mean, listen, that 2018 year was fantastic, but let's be very honest. Matt Nagy used a lot of smoke and mirrors. He used a lot of trick plays. He used the speed that was on the field combined with the incredible defense that he had to back up and support yeah. that offense to really be able to win those 12 in, those twelve games. So, yes, Mitch looked really good in those games as well. He had some really great moments, but really his only sp- – Spot on moment that he looked like a franchise quarterback was the Tampa Bay game where he threw what five six touchdown six, passes whatever yeah. it was which hey great game for him and everything right but unfortunately yes part of it was probably with Nagy but the other part of it was also with him he just didn't have the strong enough arm he right. yes they didn't adjust to his type of offense but even if you did you didn't have the proper players that could actually make that offense work they drafted this guy for John Fox. And then they fired John Fox after his rookie year. And then the second year with Mitch, they get this guy who's like, all right, high-powered, fast-moving offense. 
And it's not going to work because he doesn't have the arm strength. And even Nagy in his report at Kansas City said, I really like Patrick Mahomes. I think he's special. I think franchise quarterback for Deshaun Watson when I when I talk about him. Mitch, eh, he could be good, but you're going to probably need a run-first offense. This kind of offense with Mon- Montgomery and all of them, I think he'd be great in. But now it just it, it's ne- it was never going to work. I've got one for you. I've got one. Sorry, Neil. I've got one for you that I just heard about today, and I completely forgot that he's in the Bears' front office, and I know they're not happy with the call playing from Bill Lazor. Yeah. I know they're not. Y'all understand that Tom Herman's just sitting in an office doing God knows what right Mm now. Former head coach of Texas when Texas was pretty elite. Yeah. Doing great things. Offensive mind. Took Houston to places that Houston hadn't been in years as a college coach, put him in coach. Let's see what he can do with that offense, especially with just, and, and he was the offensive coordinator at Ohio state. Yeah. He knows how to yeah. run a system. True. Yeah. yeah. So why not throw him in there in the last couple games and go, all right, let's see what Justin can do. If his ribs are yeah. okay. I'm good with that. And we, and going back to Mitch just for a quick second, a lot of, a lot of reports out there were suggesting that Mitch wasn't, you know, really good with catching on to certain things. He was a kind of a slow learner with maybe certain things. Now you've got the total opposite end of the spectrum with Justin Fields. And I'm just hoping and praying that they don't, that this doesn't get screwed up because this guy is a once in a lifetime talent. And we haven't seen a talent like that uh, in Chicago for, <laughs> I probably, since I've been watching him, really, they've, been mediocre quarterback at best, you know. Yeah. I, I, I they haven't had anyone that has stood out, but I, I really think ever. this guy. What's that? I, I, I was gonna yeah. I was gonna say McMahon, but that's even stretching it yeah. when yeah. it comes to Justin Fields. I, I think he's a yeah. I think he's the first unique quarterback we've ever had of this caliber that can throw and run on this level. Yeah, Jim McMahon was a winner. Jim McMahon was that you know that's what he was. He could throw a ball too. You know he um, he could throw the pill, as he said in his rap. He could definitely throw that ball, but but he wasn't, uh, you know, yeah, he wasn't a superstar quarterback, but the guy was a winner, and he's tough, and he had a lot of the a lot of the things you look for, you know, in a quarterback, um, you know. But since even since McMahon, I mean, when you run through the list of quarterbacks that we've had over the years, it it actually makes you want to throw up. It really does. Oh come on now, Cordell Stewart wasn't that bad. <laughs> Jim Miller won thirteen I games. Threw up in my mouth a little, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> Cordell Stewart. How about Moses Moreno? We got Moses. Oh, yeah. We we got uh, Jonathan Quinn, the mighty Quinn. I mean, there's such there's so many awful, terrible. Caleb Haney. I mean, Kyle Haney. Orton. Oh my god. Uh, Kyle Orton. Yeah, actually, Kyle had a pretty good. Season. You know, he had a pretty uh, decent season when he played. And he turned it into $42 million, so, I mean, yeah. so that counts yeah. for and something, got, I guess. And then, got, and then we got Jay Cutler, and everybody and their mother was ecstatic. I mean, we got Jay Cutler. Are you kidding me? That wasn't even on the radar. There was Nobody thought he was coming here. And for him to come here, and he still, you know, I know that most people will, maybe we didn't see what we wanted to see from him. But with three head coaches and five coordinators, he still holds most of the records in the NFL for the Bears for you know for different records, and it's and that's sad, and that tells you a whole lot about the record. He was a lot of right? Two against the Vikings, and then they have Seattle and the Giants. 
How many wins can we expect, in your opinion, Neil, out of those six games? Honestly, I only see them maybe beating Minnesota one of the times, possibly at home, and, of course, beating the awful Giants. That's really all I can don't count the anyway. Giants out quite yet. Saquon's starting to get his legs underneath yeah. him, and that's only going to help Daniel Jones. Although it is in Chicago, I, the Giants play better at home. That's true. I counted them out. Sorry, David. I've, I've counted them out already. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fair. It's fair. Yeah. All right. So, so you're saying two wins. So, yeah, there's no, no chance at a playoffs with that. Well, I, yeah. I guess I can't say no chance. It, in this day and age, unlikely, but. no one wants to make the playoffs in either of the divisions. No, yeah, That's true. <laughs> Upsets up and down. Well, thank you so much, Neil, for joining us today. Thanks, Neil. Thank you, My Neil. pleasure. Yeah. My pleasure. Can I, just say, can I just say one thing before we depart? Of course. I want, to, I, I want to wish my good friend Brandon uh, the best of luck as he starts a new venture next week in Indianapolis, and it's been a pleasure being with you. And please don't be a stranger and do not leave sports radio. And even even if you do a podcast, do something. Call me on the phone and we'll talk on the phone for an hour. I'm fine with that. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I, want you, I like it. I want you to stay with this in some capacity because you're very good at it. So stay with it at some uh, and do what you can. But I wish you the best of luck with your new venture coming up. And uh, I'm always here for you, my man. Thank you. I appreciate it. We actually hope that he fails epically and has to come <laughs> back. To come back. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. I really, I really enjoyed sitting in my car, my heated car, because I knew if I'd be in the house, I would be very loud and obnoxious. And my wife so I, I want, I'm sitting out in front of my house in my heated car where I can yell and scream and just do whatever the heck I want. So thank you for having me on. I'm, I'm really excited to join the show and keep up the great work, guys. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Neil. Yeah, we'll have to do it more often, too. Thank you. That was Neil Fiorito, WBBM Traffic Reports, as well as an instructor here at the Illinois Media School in Lombard and a giant Bears fan, if you didn't pick, <laughs> pick up on that, lifelong Bears fan. Uh, and so, yeah, some great insight there from Neil. I would agree with that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Good insight. Good insight. And, well, we're going to move on from the Bears. There are other football teams that we're talking <laughs> are about. There? There, there are. And one one good one, uh, well, good, depending on who you <laughs> whose side you're on, Cam Newton's return to the Panthers oh, no. is not quite going as well as he probably would have hoped. We talk about what happened this week next on Blow the Whistle. That's right. We're continuing our NFL talk here on Below the Whistle. Brandon Januska here with David Dykstra, Tyler Beautiful, and Andrew Valentin. As we continue to... We're just going to, right up the middle, to work Andrew. Through. I'm sorry. I sat on my keys. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Oh, that hurts. Uh, it we did we hurt. got some, some struggles over here in the, the corner. Key right in the left, in the right <laughs> cheek. Oh, oh, well, Andrew's struggling over here, and someone else is struggling in the league as well. That's Cam Newton, who had a great return, came he off strong, sat on his keys. And, now, and now just he's falling apart. He had to sit down, maybe not on his keys, but he did have a seat on the bench this week. Now, wait a minute. Are you... It's a Jameis Winston instance again. Hello, will the real Cam Newton please stand up? <laughs> Honestly, like, from week to week, you just never know exactly what Cam Newton's going to show up. 
So are, are you surprised? No. Am I surprised that they lost to Miami? Yes. <laughs> yeah. 33 but, to 10? Absolutely. But am I surprised that Cam Newton didn't play well? No. And now their season's really over. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you guys haven't heard, Christian McCaffrey is going to be out for the season. Oh. So that, that not only is there now a quarterback question, running you back. lost your top running back. Well, yep. and, and here's my big question, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pose it to all three of you. Is this the last we see of Christian McCaffrey? This guy has with been the Panthers. N- with the Panthers, I'd say so. Yeah, I, I, I think he'll 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 latch on somewhere in the league. Injury, he's a big contract though, so it will be tough to move. Injury ridden career. When he's on the field, he's a game changer, but it's few and far between. See, this is, and I know some of my friends listen to to us when we talk and stuff, and. I, I get bashed because I bash running backs and stuff, and it's like, oh, you don't like the run game. It's not that. It's that when you invest a lot of money There's into timetable. Run- exactly. Running backs are the ones who take the most punishment of anybody. You're carrying the ball. You're catching the ball. Now you're even blocking. You're doing all these things. You know, it's the same thing with a tight end. The difference is, though, with a tight end, these guys are six foot five, 230 pounds usually. They're built to kind of take the punishment. Running backs, you're talking anywhere between what? The smallest guy right now is five foot six, five five, to as tall as I think Derrick Henry's the biggest one at six three, maybe a little bit taller, and anywhere from 175 pounds to 240 plus, right? Yeah. So it all kind of depends where you're built at, but even Derrick Henry, right? He's 6'3", 250 pounds almost. He takes a beating. And that body, by the way, it's all muscle, but it's still 250 pounds on your body. Mm -hmm. So when you invest a lot of money in your running back, you're taking money away from like your offensive line, which really should be paid to protect the running back, to make sure he's not getting touched as much, right? To make sure that your quarterback, when your running back is getting tired, you don't have to run the ball with him so much. So now you can throw the ball decently, at least, to be able to hit the numbers and things like that to stretch the field. You have to be able to have money spread everywhere. That's why you can't go fully into a running back. I get it. Go with your star players. But for Christian, I agree with Brandon. Christian McCaffrey, I think he's done. I think the Panthers will find a way to trade him. Because at, and, or at this point, he's got to convert to like wide receiver or something. Slot. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something. slot because, receiver. And he'd be good he, at it. Yeah, he would. He would be. And I thought when he got drafted, I thought the Panthers would convert him to a wide receiver because I said, all right, he can work as a running back, sure. But he's really good at catching the ball. Play the slot. Play the wide out. I thought he was fast enough, but yeah, See, and he's had a good career. But it's just it's not gonna it's not gonna last being a running back. Now that's a good point because I was I was also gonna say I can see him being done with the Panthers, but I almost wonder like there's got to be major concerns from teams throughout the league because I said it before and not wishing this on all, but like someone else mentioned it, and I'm like I wouldn't be surprised this happens to running backs. But this could also be like a Todd Gurley situation where exactly you have a, he's kind of the same style, just constantly like just getting beat up and stuff like that. He's the but, main example for why this shouldn't be a recurring right. theme with paying running backs so much money. And the Rams had to pay him a boatload of money. Exactly, I can't remember the exact number, but that's. But now, see, you bring up that point of putting him as a slot receiver. That will get player. That would bring interest to teams. To be like, okay, we'll still pay this money because he's a hell of a catcher, hell of a, he can run routes. You know who pulls yeah. that trigger? Who's that? I hate doing this too, and oh, you're gonna. I hate know what he's gonna say. Patriots. How I did know. I know you were gonna say that? I they, knew it. They would pull that trigger in a heartbeat. Of course. I mean, Belichick yeah. does like his short white guys, so I mean, he does. 
And honestly, speedy white guy. Christian it'd be McCaffrey Amendola. It'd be Amendola. Edelman. Edelman. Edelman all Welker. over again. Yeah. I mean, he's. That's not a bad. I mean, that would make <laughs> the most sense. You just yeah. see Belichick salivating right and now. And let's be honest, White, James White is already a running back that plays wide receiver. It's not really any different no. anyways. Right. Yeah. And there is a potential out in his contract after next season. So before yes. the 2023, there is an out in his contract. It'll leave $12.8 million in dead cap. But that's doable. For, for an NFL team, that is doable yeah. Yeah. to cut him compared uh, to having him at to about twelve mil a year for the next three <laughs> yeah, following that's ridiculous. That. Okay, so the, yeah, so, now that so you there, put it like there that, there is a chance that you could trade him and that team knowing, hey, there's an out after this year right. if it doesn't work out, or if the Panthers get him do, on a one year lease, yeah, kind of thing. Essentially, yeah. yeah. But you're not going to get first round value for him. That's what the Panthers, right. yeah. I hope, are going to understand. He's unfortunately he's damaged. He's broken, like you said, David. He's just L the first round pick kind of stuff is knocked off on him. If anything, you're kind of hoping at this point maybe he's something like Alvin Kamara, right? 800 rushing, 800 receiving potentially. Not really working out of the backfield, hopefully, but maybe being more of a split back with somebody else. Because that's where Kamara was kind of at his best, right? When he split time with Mark, Mark Ingram. With Mark yeah. Ingram, so Mark Ingram took all the punishment. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Kamara got all the glory. So I, I mean, yeah. unfortunately, but he, I that's think, such. that I mean, like you said, maybe the Patriots can find a way with Damian Harris and, Apparently, Ramondre Stevenson's going to be right? the beast of the of the East as well. So that could be a three headed monster. And we know Belichick loves his running backs that can catch. So I think it, I, I agree as much as I hate to agree with you, David. It's another weapon for Mac Jones. That's a veteran that he can work with. It, it it's perfect fit. I, I, so yeah. So now, what does Carolina do with the quarterback situation? Because I mean. I've said it before. I mean, I didn't think Cam Newton should have been the, like the starting guy for the rest of the season. Yeah, I, and he proved it in this atrocious uh, performance. Mm-hmm. I honestly want to see. I would love to know when exactly Sam Darnold fractured that shoulder, yeah. because that drop off from what he was doing at the beginning of the season yeah. to where he was when he they actually came out with his being injured and having mm-hmm. that fractured shoulder. I would love to see where he tried to maybe play through it. My guess is okay. probably going to be like game three, game four. I bet he was probably trying to power That's, through it. At some point he probably got hit at one of those games and he probably started feeling the pain, but thought, eh, it's just a little sore. I'll play through it. And then I'm sure he was like, Oh no, this is, this is a lot worse than I need to. But I, it like, I mean, listen, I can still go coach. Exactly. But yeah. listen, the Cam Newton thing, it's a sensational thing. Good story. It's going to sell tickets. Everybody's yeah. buying the jerseys yeah. again. That's what Carolina, I think, is seeing in it. It's not, oh, he's going to take us to the playoffs. If that's the way they're really looking at this, they're far more delusional than I not think in that they are. Division. No. Yeah. So, they, I, honestly, I think they're going to have to go either, if not this draft, the next couple of drafts coming up, a quarterback's going to pop up somewhere that well, they're going to need it, to take. It's, it, it's going to come down to, do they think, Sam Darnold healthy is different than Sam right. Darnold injured. If they if they want to give it another year, maybe go out like you said, draft somebody second, third round yeah. that has the capability to maybe step up with a little seasoning, a little a little work, and see where that goes. Yeah, yeah. and and talking about Sam Darnold, he has resumed throwing this week. The Panthers are on a bye this coming week, so there is a chance that. Could, Sometime in December, would, he I could would come sit back. His butt the rest of the yeah. season. To be and honest then, with you, and then keep him for next season. And yeah. and and let's NFC South. Can can I just share a grievance for just one second? 
Hey, Atlanta. Stop winning! It always cracks me up. I always, whenever I see Atlanta playing, I'm just like, David wouldn't want this. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. We're going to hear so about this one. When yeah. I saw this matchup, I was just like, I mean, I could totally see the Falcons just losing this game to the Jaguars. I mean, hell, yeah. the Jaguars beat the Bills. I thought they were going to lose it. I thought they I, were in perfect prime position to lose. I was praying this was going to be Trevor Lawrence's breakout game where he goes for like 450 and five tutties. <laughs> the greatest part is like, when Cordell Patterson just has like the time of his career, yeah. right? You want to talk Atlanta about a guy who's completely, <laughs> completely resurrected his his playing career in just one city? He goes anywhere else after this year. He's not doing squat. Yeah. Nope. He better stay in Atlanta for the rest That's of his, his life. Yeah. 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 And the Falcons are a tiebreaker away from being Shut in the your mouth. spot right now. <laughs> Shut your they, mouth. They have a two and five <laughs> conference record compared to the Vikings four and three. That's the difference between shut them and being this. in the playoffs. Shut it. <laughs> at five, shut at thought that'd five be a and six. Maker. I got five and six. Just because we brought up Cordell Patterson. He really just gave us a big slap in the face when he was with the Bears. And we're like, stop putting Patterson at running back. He, he is like a phenomenal guy in the backfield. It, yes, took, it took a year of him learning the position. It's a swear. It also took a different coach as well. Yeah, I think Arthur Smith understands him. how to use him. Where It is true. I, I was, I'm going to say I only was frustrated with Patterson last year because, or when he was they with had the him running like he was Montgomery. Yeah, because they're trying to run him up the, <laughs> Go middle, up the middle, and then they're trying to, and, and they're not running screen passes with him, which I thought they should have been doing. And then they're trying to throw the deep ball to him, and it's like, dude, he doesn't have that great of hands. So I, I just didn't understand the way they were using. But obviously, Arthur Smith knows how to use Patterson, and he's like the franchise right now. Hey, Andrew. Hmm. How about them Patriots? <laughs> I will say, listen, I'll say this. I, I, Mac Jones. He's going to win rookie of the year. He's probably he's going to. at the point where he's going to win rookie of the year. <laughs> and the Patriots are probably going to break in the playoffs. I don't think they're winning the division Geniuses. still. But I, I listen, this is why when, when we think about Bill Belichick and the whole Tom Brady thing, it's that whole thing of like, oh, Tom Brady kind of won the divorce in the beginning, right? He got the nice oh, car yeah. and the nice house, and he got, you know, in Tampa and all that stuff. Yeah, he got his little, like, little win now situation. He got posted but, on a, like a Florida man, like the usual yeah. Florida man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Crazy crap. But it's Bill Belichick who's like, oh, yeah, but I got like all the stock options, and I got all, <laughs> I got all the long-term <laughs> stuff that's going to actually work out in the long term for me. So while you enjoy the house and the fast car and the beautiful girl like for that moment and stuff— I meanwhile, I'm going to have financial security to be able to go on and go forward. Well, so, let me can can I ask you guys? I'll, I'll, I'm sorry, Brandon. Yeah, I, 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 I got to ask this question <laughs> to you guys. What? Where is the one place that New England is lacking to win the AFC? I think they do win the AFC personally. Wow. Okay. All right, Brandon going out on they'll, a limb. I do think they'll win it. Their defense is their, solid. Their defense yeah. is solid up and down. There, there's. That that's the best defense in the NFL right now. In Belichick's my opinion, kids doing a good job managing the defense. That's yeah. all he has to do. I they, mean, they well, just, let's yeah, be yeah, honest. When you're expression. when you're smoking yeah. crack cocaine before you go out for a game, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> allegedly. 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 Yeah, I still think they could improve on the running game some. They, yeah, they, that's, they, that's, that's, that's where that's I the was one thing that they're issue, lacking yeah. right now is just the running game. But I mean, 
They're doing just fine at the passing game with Mac Jones, as I did not fully expect. See, I'm going to say the receivers still. I I mean, granted, I think they're doing – I agree, Tyler. They're doing a great job with the passing game because Mac Jones, he understands who he is. He knows he doesn't have to do a lot, so he just makes simple passes, boom, boom, boom. It's all done. But they're going to need to upgrade at that receiver spot if they really want to take this team going forward to the next level. I know they've done it before with lacking the, the superior talent, but – as much as I like Jacoby Myers and Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne, you need that kind of go-to guy to kind of be there at the forefront. What happened to the dude that they drafted last Nikhil in the Harry? Yeah. He's fifth on the depth chart or something like that. What he's, happened? He's playing special teams right he's now. A, he was a nut. He was a, he must be in Belichick's doghouse because the the kid had I've superior heard, talent. I've heard everything from this guy. Apparently, again, he's like a slow learner. He doesn't want to run the routes that apparently, I guess, are given to him. He likes to do his own thing. And that, of course, with a young quarterback, that's going to frustrate yeah, everybody. You can't do you that. You can't do that. So, and I guess he's also a talkback guy. He thinks he can talk smack because he was a first-round pick kind of guy. So... That that's not gonna run in New England. You should know that. Yeah. Come on, get with yeah. the Patriots. I'll, I'll guarantee you this though: when he leaves, because I know he asked for a trade in the offseason. Yes, he did. When he decides to leave, he's gonna make a splash somewhere. Arizona. <laughs> they seem to want every receiver, so why not, right? And that's where he was originally. I think that's his home. So yeah, he went to Arizona State. Exactly. Yeah. So never know. All right. Well, there are eight teams within a game of the seven seed in the NFC. We'll discuss who we think will claim that spot next on Blow the Whistle. You're watching the NFL on Fox. <laughs> Dude, don't get, us, yeah. don't get us in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Man. This is Blow the Whistle on SportsTownChicago.com. See, what he, see he, gets a job in, a guy. he gets a job in Indy, and all of a sudden, all the rules are out the window. That's right. Let's see how much trouble I can get these guys in. That's right. Well, we're going to get into the playoff picture, starting with playoffs. the NFC. Playoffs. Yes, playoffs. there are eight teams within one game of that seven seed, including the Chicago Bears, who we gave our thoughts on earlier. <laughs> I don't think any of us expect them to take that seven seed. Am I right? No. There's a chance. There's no way. There's no way. Well, they they're going to lose to the Packers. Unless there's like an outbreak or something. I, I mean, <laughs> it all depends. It, I can't well, even say NFC it all North depends. Gets the virus. Hey, if Colt McCoy starts for Arizona, I and I don't mean this in a bad way, Colt. I am rooting for you to get hurt. Wow! 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 You want to know why? Because Trace McSorley is now the backup oh quarterback God. in Arizona. Stop. Stop! And we get to hear cue the music. Oh. Cue the music, boys. No, that is never going anywhere. I don't ever want to hear that music ever again. <laughs> I have so many emails. So many. You guys don't understand. Trace McSorley. Oh, my God. All right. Well, goes the ball. <laughs> looking at the playoff picture right now, though. Give it to us, Brandon. You've got the Vikings holding on to that seven seed. They're five and six. If Washington wins tonight over Seattle, they would move into that spot. Is it bad that I kind of root for the Washington Redskins to make it into the playoffs? Football I team. Football oh, team. Oh, That's sorry. Right. My bad. Football team. Shame. 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 WFT. Yeah. <laughs> also with five and six records, though, we've got the Atlanta Falcons. No. The New Orleans Saints. No. And then right behind them at five and seven are the Panthers. No. Bears are four and seven. So are the Giants. 
See, the Giants are an interesting one because that division is so weak that they could make a run. I, I don't even understand. Well, they the have NFC to catch Dallas anymore. for the division. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm for the, I'm t- for for the, the playoffs. Gotcha. That, yeah. that, they're playing divisional people yeah. at this point. Uh, and even, the Bears. They have the Bears on the schedule. I, I'm telling you right now that that division with them being in there with Philly and Washington. That I'm rooting for Washington though. I'm I'm truly rooting for. I there is something about Heineke. That I innately really like. Yeah, it's Ryan Fitzpatrick mentality. It's that whole thing that he's an underdog that kind of came out of nowhere and took over a team, and in you know in but the playoff situation, it showed it up. There's skill there above and beyond. I think what Fitzpatrick brings to the table. Fitzpatrick brings a great mind and an above well, average arm. Forty at this point, so I mean, but yeah, he's the younger man's. He's what Ryan Fitzpatrick has kind of been for the NFL over the last few years, right? He's just and, in a younger mode. And I, in my opinion, there's legit talent on Washington offensively and definitely defensively. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So Washington, and I mean, we can sit here and pontificate on on Minnesota all we want, but Dalvin, Dalvin Cook's Cook out. out yeah. <laughs> that makes that team a whole luck, different Kurt. team. You have to it, do they're, everything. Yeah. They're the Carolina Panthers of the NFC North. Yeah, Madison oh, yeah. Madison is not a bad running back, but he's not anywhere near Dalvin he, Cook. He's not going to bring he, you to the serv- table. Exactly. He's a serviceable running back. Yeah. But he, he's not that elite star that they're going to need. Yeah, you just saw it too, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> My phone is going off. But here's the thing. A a, a New Orleans-led Trevor Simeon. Are you kidding me right Wait, now? we're getting a phone call. But what yeah. the? A New Orleans-led Trevor Simeon makes the playoffs? Uh... <laughs> I'm so distracted by that. That's the whistle operations. How can I help Simeon you? Trevor Simeon in the playoffs. Yes. Trevor Simeon, do, do you see that happening? No. No. Atlanta led Matt Ryan. God, I hope so. I hope so. God, I hope not. I want that you're going to freak out and or possibly cry that on would the be air. Amazing. Oh, dude, I will, I will be in the corner rocking back and forth in the <laughs> fetal position. True. It's that so true. wrong. Come on, Falcons, it's do this for so us. Yes. Wrong. Please. Um, because it, it, my and my only problem with that is it bad it 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 gets Matt Ryan another year like <laughs> it legit buys Matt Ryan another year at behind behind center for Atlanta and I just don't like that yeah I think because well, we were talking about NFC East the Eagles that's my pick that's my Jalen Hurts besides this past week he's been playing phenomenal see but once again he went up against. What? Who'd they play again? I'm sorry. The Giants. The Giants. The Giants. The Giants yeah. He went up against an above average defense. Right. Anytime Jalen Hurts goes against a defense that is above average, up above that that ha- that 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 Mason Dixon line in the NFL, he poos the bed. He can do it against teams that aren't great. Yeah, but the th- also thing with Jalen Hurts is that Nick Sirianni, the head coach. Is also the guy that's calling the plays Has at this no point. Clue at what he's doing. Uh, yeah, and he is trying to throw everything he can, including the kitchen sink and the fridge and whatever else he can grab in there to try and get this offense to go. And a lot of it is just like, listen, Jalen, you're going to have to just kind of do like he's kind of 
trying to be Lamar Jackson, if you will, where it's like, listen, you just try to find a way to help us win the ball game. Throw the ball, run the ball, whatever you got to do, you just try and help us win the game. And that's fine, but that's not always going to work, especially right. when it's like this Giants team where Joe Judge is a defensive-minded coach. He's going to understand how to be able to beat a guy like Jalen Hurts. He's played this guy numerous times because he's seen quarterbacks like this many a times before. So of course he's going to be able to get interceptions off him like that. You think you two think Philly's going to going to go. I think they'll take the 7 seed. I think the Rams hold on okay. to either the Rams or Cardinals. I'd say Rams hold yeah. on to that top wild card. San Francisco will hold on to the second and I'll take Philly for the third you, one. You want you want my take on Philly? Yeah. Give Miles Sanders the ball. Oh, they I agree. Completely yeah. forgot oh, no, about I totally Miles agree. They they have They've not done anything. I completely forgot finally, about Miles Sanders. When I was Sanders. watching the game yesterday, I finally saw Miles Sanders run the ball, and I'm yeah. like, I totally forgot he was on the team. Yeah. I thought he was out or injured or not even Completely. on the team. Completely. No, I totally agree. They need to give Miles Sanders the ball because they've just been having Jalen Hurts throw. That's why, I mean, that's why he's putting up good numbers. But, I mean, I mean, he's still been uh, leading this offense fairly well. If you look at their clo- – their, I mean, a lot of their losses, they've been close games to decent teams. Like the Bucks, they only lost by six. And even the other – like. Solid teams that they played. I mean, like, is Tampa Bay still the status quo in the NFC, though? Dude. No, I don't really think so. I think that's either they're going to pull like a surprise, like at the end. Yeah, I, that's what they're Matt Stafford do. still Honestly, hasn't proven yeah. that he can beat an elite team. No, no, no. Yeah, even I, a even a winning team. Top teams in my mind, it's Arizona when healthy. So get Kyler back, get DeAndre Hopkins back, and then it's the Packers. Yeah. I, See, I would still, in in some regard, I would still slide the Cowboys up there. Why? No. It's it's mainly due to the fact that I still have the faith that their offense, when healthy, is at its best. But that's also the problem here is that you've got CeeDee Lamb, who's right now kind of like a limping, walking wounded, if you will. And you got Amari Cooper, who... What I've come to find out, I guess, is the reason why he said I was because he he wasn't vaccinated, so there were some issues there, I guess. So and that's and that's adding another chip into the fire. So I I still say the Cowboys have a chance. Let, let's say they have a chance to be in that elite option, but with everything they've got going on right now with the injuries and now personal stuff going on, I don't know. But I still would say they at least could slide into that top option if and when everybody is healthy and together. All right. Well, there you have it. There you have it. That is all. Well, actually, so I said Eagles. You said Eagles. You said Washington. Who is your pick for the seventh seed? Did you give one? For the seventh pick? God, you know what? I'm going to go with Carolina, I think. Carolina. Wow. All right. I like the okay. defense, and I like the, you know, I Chuba Hubbard might be a surpriser. Who knows? He's done some work. You never know. All right. Okay. I like it. I like it. And that concludes our, what hour? The hour three. Three, three yeah. <laughs> I don't Jeez. even know what hour we're in at, the, <laughs> at this point. And we are going to move into some uncharted territory. We've done three hours before once. We're moving into a fourth hour for the first time in Blow the Whistle history. Is that you when guys, we do this? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you guys four, are witnessing. Fourth hour is ours, people. <laughs> you guys are witnessing Blow the Whistle history. We are moving into a fourth hour here in our time slot and we are going to get into some baseball as the Cubs and Sox have not been quite as active (laughs) as some of us would have hoped. We're going to discuss what we think they should do with the remaining free agents next on Blow the Whistle. (laughs) 
It's baseball time here as we move into Woo-hoo! hour Have you four. Did you hear that? Did you hear the, the excitement pep up oh, yeah. in that voice of his? I know. We know this guy. All right, time to talk some <laughs> baseball, guys. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking baseball, baseball time. Baseball time. Baseball. That's right. It's not baseball season, but it's the off season, and that means there's plenty of things to talk about. Hot stove. For now, because there's some other things we'll talk about in a little bit that could... <laughs> could derail this upcoming baseball season. We don't want that, obviously. But it is baseball time. It's the offseason. There are a lot of free agents signing left and right. Today? Yeah, today. Yesterday was the big day that everyone seemed to be signing. A lot of big names are gone. Scherzer's gone, which who saw that coming? I I mean we I <laughs> think Mets? we all yeah I, I mean yeah. we we talked about it but I don't think anyone pe- pegged them as a favorite the Mets? until the money came <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's well. the all important see once again the New York Mets not giving a poo that they've got to pay that salary tax at all no so. absolutely not I mean what do they care they they they're just completely about just spending as much cash as they possibly can to make sure that you know. They're a winning franchise, which, you know, I mean... Does that mean Javi Baez is still on the table for them, too? (laughs) Sure, for like, what, uh, 90 million, right? Isn't that what he wants? Isn't that something that he's looking for? Yeah, I mean, they're looking to be satisfied with at this point. They're trying to turn into the New York Yankees of, like, what, the 90s? Where the Yankees were just like, oh, we don't care. Steinbrenner's like, give him all the money. Who cares? <laughs> give him all the money. Who cares? Yeah. I don't know why he's got a Southern we'll accent. Bring in, we'll bring in David Cohn, <laughs> David Wells. We want all the Davids. Yeah, and, and and we have a guest that's going to be calling in here. We're actually flipping some things around on the outline, so we're just going to do a, little, a few things a little flippity uh, flop. on the fly. So we're actually going to start with what I said we'll discuss later, oh, okay. and, and we're going to roll right into the MLB lockout. So, like I said, free agents have been signing left and right. Everyone's going this way and that, except the Chicago teams, which we'll we'll discuss that in a little bit. But the MLB lockout, the current collective bargaining agreement, expires December 1st, meaning the lockout would begin December 2nd. Whether or not it happens, it seems to be a foregone conclusion at this point that there will be a lockout. So, there are a lot of things to discuss, obviously, with this. What are some of the things? Let us know. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BlowTWhistle1. What are some of the rules that you want to see discussed? What are things you want to see changed? Obviously, the DH is a big thing that's going to be discussed and likely changed. But what are some of the other things that you want to see happen with this new collective bargaining agreement? Again, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at blow T whistle one. And what are, what's the big things for you guys? What are you, what do you want to see discussed? Okay. First, I want to ask you a quick question before we get into this. If you were a free agent, Brandon Cubs, no. <laughs> well, we're Why even ask that question? Come on. Would you Jeez. would you want to sign before the collecting bargaining lockout or would you want to wait until after? I think I would sign before just so that I'm under contract while the lockout happens. Who knows how long that's going to be? It could be an abbreviated spring training at that point. So now you're at least under contract for whenever everything opens up. Okay. Now that being said, three things. All right. Uh, First and foremost, for the love of all that is good in the world, get rid of the extra inning bull crap. I think that's already going to be off the table. What with it? Like all of it? The, the, Runner at second. Runner yeah, the runner second. at second. That's the stupid. runner at second yeah. just needs to go away. Yeah. If you want, 
put him at first? Yeah, I, I don't even. I don't even want that. Yeah, I want the purity of the game. Right. If you're gonna win a game in extras, win it. Right. Don't win it by virtue of a bunt and a single. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> or a bunt and a bunt. Uh, roll, roll the roll a die, roll a dice, and <laughs> one, two, three. That's what base you're on, and four, five, six. That's how many outs are in the inning. And then you roll a twelve sided dice, and so, you see yeah. how much damage you do we're, to the pitcher. If, if, if we're yeah. doing Dungeons yeah. and Dragons, if, if, you yeah. roll, if you roll a six, Dungeons then you don't get to hit. Baseball. That's three outs in the oh, okay. inning. You're out. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. I like that's this random <laughs> baseball guy. Now I'm not gonna lie. I would I would say that would be my. One of the, the big biggest one. ones. Okay. I would actually, I'm actually interested in the moving the pitching mound back. Oh, uh, okay. To, um, Just make it, it the perceived yeah. velocity coming in a, yeah. li- a little more I, ad- advantageous for I, the hitters. I yeah. like that one. And of course the DH, the, the DH is the hot, hot topic. Absolutely. Uh, it, it probably is going to make or break whether or not Schwarber comes back to the Cubs. Um, so, yeah, it seems like it's a foregone conclusion. It will come. Are you for the DH? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, absolutely, because it gives. It's going to extend your pitchers. Mm. It's going to bring in talent that normally probably wouldn't get a chance to play. Yeah, in the National League, mm-hmm. the opportunity to go to the National League now and maybe make a a, a back ended career more relevant. Yeah. Sports, ladies and gentlemen, is going more towards the offensive side of things now. So you want more scoring. So for the old curmudgeons out there who are the same age as me, oh, who seem baseball, to just baseball purity, yeah, who don't want to see the DH come to the National League, I say to you, not mentioning any names. Uh, on McKinney, uh, just for anybody out there, you know. I'm just letting everybody out there know who may be Notre Dame fans who believe this kind of stuff <laughs> that. The DH is coming to the National League. Get over it. Suck it up and deal with it. Welcome to the 21st century. We're no longer living in 1905. It's time to get with real baseball. Now, that being said, uh, I think that it's time to start talking about what to do with the shift. I think you need to really have a huge discussion about whether, like, my whole thinking is, you can't move until that ball's hit. You have to stay in your specific spots until that ball is hit. There, there has to be some sort of way to say that you can't be moving all over the field. You have to be within a specific zone of the field, infield, outfield, to be able until that ball's hit. Once the ball's hit, it's free go. How about this? Instead of that, meet in the middle. Wind up. Okay. I, you know what? That's I, I would be okay with that. I, I, I rather go with the hit, but I'm okay with the windup too. If it's a hit, the the shift is null and void there. Right. And by, and by the other that. thing is too is of course when you go into the windup, that's obviously when a lot of guys go to steal bases yeah, and, and stuff. So I'm okay with that too as well. And that makes it incredibly risky on the defense too because yeah. you're you're putting a guy in motion. You see it all the time mm-hmm. when they're going to cover a base. Yeah. Once they're in motion, a routine ground ball is no longer routine. Trying well. to pick it with a backhand or maybe a bare hand, depending on what direction they were going. Yeah. So how skilled are these guys? Are getting yeah. paid millions <laughs> right. of dollars. It's time to test it. Yeah, it'll test them big I, time. My personal opinion is with that shift would be do away with it altogether. What about you, Brandon? Yeah, I'm I'm fine. I like the rule that they've thrown out there with you have to have at least two players on either side of second base. Yes. So so you can move the shortstop or whatever, wherever. They can be cradling second base, but they have to have at least one foot mm-hmm. on on the their right, side, on their uh, side uh, whether things. it's the shortstop or second baseman, on okay. that side. You yeah. have to have at least, basically, at least 
three legs on right. either side <laughs> of second base. We got a three-legged yeah, so. so if you're an octopus, you're all good. <laughs> Tyler, when did you start playing baseball? <laughs> Tripod. Tripod. Yeah. Um, no, but then the other thing I want to also throw out there, too, and I've said this before, and I know this is a bit more of the controversial thing when it comes to baseball, talking with people and stuff, but it's also talking about putting a clock on the pitcher and the hitter. Because, and I understand that that is, it is wildly controversial. It's very, how are you going to do it and all that stuff? But I feel like you have to, if you want these games to no longer, because I know the time of the games are becoming an issue. Like, what was it this year? I think we were talking, it was at three hours three and a half hours almost at one point through the season. And it's been there steadily throughout the last five years or so. Yeah. It hasn't been under three hours for like 30 years, I think, or something like that. So I think you have to find a way to put like either like a 30 second clock on the pitcher or like a 50 and like a 15 or 20 second clock on the hitter and say, you have to be in the batter's box at this point and you have to get rid of the ball at this point. I know people don't like that because it's like, well, everything else is a clock. Why does this need a clock? Because you want to get the game going. You want to get the speed so in the offense going. That's an easy going. fix. It'd be, like, it'd be like a shot clock. Yeah, essentially. That's an easy yes, fix. Shot clock or a game that. clock a in the NFL. Clock. Yeah. Yeah. No, I you love have that, that because... clock behind the plate. Yeah. No, yeah. That'd be, I would love that a lot because, like you said, some of these guys, they take forever. Yeah. And the game goes on forever. Especially. We can attest, in, yeah. we can attest doing Chicago, Chicago Dogs. Dogs. Yeah. But I don't also, think I've ever been to the most the longest baseball yeah, game in my life. If you look at the playoffs... That's yes. when it incredibly slows down. Mm, uh-huh. You're averaging, you're pushing four hours. Yeah. And oh, listen, yeah. as as I'm sure, Brandon, you and I, we love baseball. We love this game. Easily, you can go to a game, sit there, three, four hours, no problem. But for the average fan, yeah. you can't tell me that they're going to be there for three hours. Even now, when I watch a baseball game on television, I'm sorry. I know Tom's going to call me out on this and all that stuff. And yes, I used his name. I know. But I, I can't sometimes sit there for the full three hours in front of a television. I'm sorry, I have my computer, I have my phone, I have all these other things to do. And if you want to get the younger kids involved in baseball more, how are you going to do that if they can't go to the ballpark? If they got to watch it at home, well, how are you going to keep their attention? That's the biggest thing. You want the younger fans, they got this, they got that, they got all these different things, they got video games. You've got to be able to hold them. You've got to be able to have a fast-paced game, right? Yeah. Why do they watch football? Because there's a time clock on it. You know when it's going to begin. You know when it's going to end. Same thing with basketball. Same thing, I mean, you know, hockey's a different type of devil, but nevertheless, there's a time clock on that as well. So you have to kind of, I would, I would think you have to, at some point, put a clock on baseball. Not necessarily a time clock to say this is when the game ends, but to say, hey, you guys got to speed it up. Because we want to get the action going. Because otherwise, there's going to be, I'm, I'm being honest, now that you're talking about a lockout, there's going to be less and less fans that might want to go to games. And this could be the thing that ultimately really kills a lot of the vibe for a lot of baseball fans out there. Honestly. Yeah. Tyler, did you have any other? I mean, my, going with what they said, I like the, uh, or David said about moving the mound back. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean... It's always fun seeing like lots of strikeouts, but I mean, I want to see some like bigger hits and just give them more time to hit the ball, yeah. or even give them more, uh, more um, flick to the wrist, change a little bit of direction to the ball, right. the, the pitching. So I mean, I think that would bring the game a lot more interesting as well. I was uh, when you guys were talking about it before, I was a little confused uh, about like the shift, but I mean, I have a general idea, <laughs> a yeah. better idea of yeah. exactly. 
But I mean, my biggest thing is about moving the mound and the, the, the pitching time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And the only thing I'll say with the pitching mound, moving it back, the only thing I'm concerned with that is you're moving it back, which means I feel like more pitchers are going to start to try and throw harder, which means you're going to see a lot more Tommy John inju- injuries happening and a lot more strains well, and pulls and all kinds of stuff like that. They weren't talking about a significant move back. It was only what? Yeah, I don't think it was that like much. No, it wasn't. It wasn't yeah. too much. So I don't think. Th- I'm, I'm, I think that was more no. velocity aspect. Yeah, it, it'll than pull it about speed. three. Yeah, it'll pull. I believe it was about three miles per hour off right. of perceived speed. Right, and I'm not saying that for everybody, but I'm just saying there's gonna. You know, there's gonna be those guys that are like, well, got to stretch back a little bit more and now get it. And uh oh, there it goes. So I just I don't want to see more young arms get killed because yeah. of that. You know. That's my only concern on it. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just gonna throw out one real quick, which I'm not even fully sold on myself as I as I continue to think about it. But the the rule about a pitcher has to face three batters when they come in. Oh yeah, I'm not a big fan of that Mm -hmm. rule. I know why they did it because they don't want pitching changes all the time, which then slow the game down. But I'm not a fan of it because. If you sent, bring a guy Strategy in and he clearly doesn't have it and he's walked the first two, mm-hmm. now all of a sudden you leave him in for one more because you have to and they're loaded. Yep. So, like, that's a big shift. Obviously, yeah, you, your guy has to learn how to throw it over the plate to learn how to pitch. But I, I'm not a big fan on that one. I've been thinking about ways that you could counteract that without, like, just going back to, okay, now we're going to switch pitchers and switch pitchers and switch pitchers. Yeah. Maybe a cap on substitutions, and then obviously as the extra innings keep going, I like that. It, it you get more as the game goes on. That's not bad. I'm still torn on it myself, yeah, but, yeah. but yeah, <laughs> it's something I've Look been thinking guy. about as a possible. I'll pitch before I pitch it to Theo uh, when he's the new commissioner. It's just something I'm, I'm still brainstorming. Oh, that's brainstorming to get to get to. Have fun with that, Scott Boris. Yeah, and we're gonna actually roll right into our our next bit here. As we have on the line, Joe DiGiacomo, one of our instructors here from the Illinois Media School in Lombard. Joe, a huge, huge Cubs fan. And we are going to talk about the MLB offseason, how a lot of big names have been signing. But in Chicago, it just doesn't really seem like Chicago teams have been signing. So, Joe, can can you hear me? Yes. I can. How are you guys? You, good, you doing good today? We're, We're doing, doing good. Well. Doing good. Nice. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I may be a little bit. Uh, I've got my earbuds in, and they are running on the edge of the uh, juice line. So if I lose you, I'll call you back. But uh, yeah, it's been a weird uh, offseason so far. I know I've been very critical of both sides of town, to be honest. Uh, I thought, you know, the deal that Max Scherzer got with the Mets and the deal that it looks like Robbie Ray got with the. He just signed with the Mariners today. Is that correct? I think he just. Yes. Did mm-hmm. Yep. And then also the – and even even I'll go as, as far down the line to say as John Gray with the Rangers signing for, you know, $56 million for four years. Those are deals that I think both sides of town would have benefited from, both financially and on the field. And that's where I get a little frustrated. I understand where the Sox are coming from. I mean, they're, they're in a position right now where they have, you know, starting pitching that's, that's pretty good with Lance Lynn and Lucas Giolito and um, – and Dylan Cease, but who do you really have after three, right? You've got Dallas Feichel, who's been in hit or miss, had a great first half last year, and a terrible second half last year. Um, and then you have, you know, you had Carlos Rodon. If you resign him, that'd be, that'd be great. But if you don't, well, then you're dipping into the uh, into the uh, uh, the Lopez's of the world, right? So, 
uh, really, 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 really uh, frustrating for a person who loves baseball in this town. Uh, and primarily, on, I think, more on the north side than the south side. And we can get into that here. Whatever, any, any softball question or lob you want to throw me to talk about Tom and the Cubs, go for it. I'm open. Yeah, so earlier during our 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 killing me small segment, we had someone respond. KB <laughs> you will Mac, appreciate yeah, this, Joe. K, K, oh, yeah. KB Mac wrote in, and I don't know, I'll I'll summarize kind of the the gist of it. He came after Jed Hoyer and Tom Ricketts, saying we're nearing closer and closer to the CBA expiring, and with everyone else signing deals, deals are getting done, but you don't even hear the Cubs name being linked to some of these guys that are signing at this point. There's a couple of, of names where, yeah, the Cubs put out an offer, but for the most part, it like are they set on one guy, maybe Marcus Stroman, who's still out there, and just going all in on that one person or why are they not even offering some of these other guys? Yeah, that's the, that's the name that really sticks out to me. I think that is the person that they're all in on right now. But I will say that comes with a little bit of a caveat. It depends on how you, what, what you consider all in, right? Is all in, we're going to break the bank for Marcus Stroman and we're going to make him a five, you know, five year deal and, and make him the future of our, of our, of our rotation. Um, or is it, well, we want you to be our starter, our top of life rotation starter for a few years, but we're not going to go either years, you know, we're not going to go the most years, but maybe we'll go the, the, the highest AAV. And that's why I think this, this matters. I think with Stroman, if they do make him an offer, I think it would be highest AAV from this amount of years, right? So if your window to contend is 2023 and 2024 and 2025, then you do a, a three to four-day deal with him. Right. Um, other than that, I can't see them going after any of the starting pitchers because the one guy that they could have gone after that refined was was Darius. Like that was the guy who fit a long term young pitching, you know, solution. Uh, but other than that, I mean, guys like Stroman and John Gray and, and um, you know uh, uh, Robbie Ray, those guys are guys that are that are still relatively young and have been around. Um, and you sure you can you know lock them up to a long term deal if you like. But what is it going to be like on the back end of the deal, right? So um, I think it's Marcus Stroman or Bust. I really do. I think if they don't sign Marcus Stroman, then I think what you're going to come down to is just seeing a bunch of reclamation guys, the Wade Miley's of the world. Um, and that's fine. You know, you can have those guys for, for three months, and you can trade them at the trade deadline and get back prospects like they did in, uh, in a lot of the deals they just made last year. So not, it's not a bad position to be in. Uh, I guess I just – we don't know what the – we don't know what the thought process is. Like, we've been told that, yes, they're going to spend money. Yes, they're going to be competitive. We've been told that money's not an option right now. But we've also been, been told a million times of biblical losses, right? So I think it's somewhere in the middle, right? I don't think their payroll is going to be $66 million this year. I don't think it's going to be $206 million. I think it's realistic that it's going to be anywhere in the 150 to 175 um, ballpark. And I think that's okay. I think that's okay. Now it's a how do you spend that money, right? Do you, do you spread that money around or do you, do, you, do you give it, you know, a lot a lot to some and a little to most, right? You just have to kind of, we just have to kind of wait and see. That's the hardest part about this whole thing is it's a waiting game right now because they are stealth, right? The one thing we've always learned about Theo, Theo Epstein and his cronies, they're stealth. You don't even hear about the players that they go after and then all of a sudden they make a signing. So we'll see where it ends up. Yeah, definitely, Joe. I mean, well, I mean, 
especially with Stroman too, because he's been such an excellent pitcher now. And uh, obviously there's a, there's a ton of teams that are looking into his services. There's been talk about him either going back to the Mets or even maybe returning back to Toronto. So it's going to be, it's certainly going to be a difficult situation to see where he ends up and for how much money, but you brought up a name too, for the White Sox that I thought was also interesting. We've talked about this ourselves here amongst us with uh, uh, Carlos Rodon. And I, as a White Sox fan, obviously I would hate, I, obviously I'd hate to see him go. I know we didn't bring him back, and now he's in the free agent market. I don't know if the Sox will make an attempt to pick, pick him up, but I've mentioned him as being potentially somebody that the Cubs, I think, should take a run at for their rotation because after what he did last year, he had a Cy Young. You know, he finished top five in the Cy Young, and I thought, you know, him with the way that he performed, being in that rotation for the Cubs, he's only twenty-seven years old. With a guy like Hendricks, I think there could be potential for a strong future in their pitching staff then with those two kind of being their one-two punch potentially with whoever else they possibly develop. So I ask you this, Joe, I mean, with Carlos Rodon, where do you see that fitting in potentially for the Cubs rotation? Do you think that there's a chance if they don't get Stroman, he could be the guy? Or do you think he's even a guy that they could cap on with Stroman potentially to sign? He is the perfect fit for the Cubs. The only problem I have with it is, you know, I think, what what do you guys think was more real, right? Was it the first half or the second half with him? I, I tend to think it was the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only reason being is because here's a guy with a history of arm trouble, right? Yeah. Here's a guy with a history of not having more than 100 innings, I think, maybe maybe 120 was his max mm-hmm. in his career in a season. And while the upside is there, like, it, it's a high risk, high, it's a low risk, high reward, right? It depends on what you're, you're spending on it. Like, if you're spending what Scott Boris wants, at, at, okay, the qualifying offer was, what, $18 million? So if you're, if, you know, and he said, he came out and said two weeks ago, uh, this qualifying offer was what it was going to start at. Uh, pardon me, sorry, the dog's barking in the background. Um, but if it's going to start at $18 million, uh, then I do it, I would do it in a heartbeat. If it's going to go above twenty, I wouldn't do it. I'd say there's just too much, there's too much risk involved, I think, early on in the contract. Uh, you know, I think I think he needs I think he needs another one year prove a deal, and that's why I think he should go back to the Sox, and that's why I think that the Sox should have offered him the qualifying offer at eighteen million a year and asked him to prove it again for one more year. That was the one decision by by the White Sox staff and Rick Hahn that really made no sense to me at all. I understand picking up Kimbrel and trying to trade him. Um, you have plenty of time to do that up until you know, the trade deadline next year, and even if you're paying Kimbrel, you know, eight million a year for the first three months of the contract, that's fine, whatever. It's the Rodon one that really bothered me because that's a homegrown pitcher. They know the most about him, right? Mm-hmm. They know the most about him. So uh, I would be, I would pause a little bit on that. I would still take a flyer on him if it's a two years at 36, three years at, you know, 42, 43, something like that, and make the AAV high. Uh, but I wouldn't go any more than two or three years on to be honest. Okay, and and sticking with the White Sox real quick, they seem to have a big hole at second base at the moment, and there were a lot of names right. out there that you could go after. Eduardo Escobar was a rumor at the deadline, and then he was a free agent. They didn't get him. He has now since signed. Simeon signed. Adam Frazier got traded, not to the Sox. He's now in Seattle. So a lot of these names for second base after they declined the option on Cesar Hernandez are are falling off the off the table, off the market. One name that's still out there, though, a former Chicago guy who, if you want to put him over at second, he started at second. Could you see Javi Baez coming back to Chicago potentially with the Sox? 
Well, well, the one the one player I thought the Sox were going to go hard after was Marcus Simeon. Right, they knew who he was. They had him in their organization. Yeah, it was really a no brainer. Right, that was really a no brainer. They really that that was the guy. But again, the price tag obviously was a little too high. Um, I was never a big fan of Cesar Hernandez. Uh, he he's just a guy. Right, mm-hmm. again, they're going to the Sox are going to rue the day that they traded Madrigal. I just you know, and I'm not really. I don't, we don't know much about Nick Madrigal now, right? Like we don't know much about him. But what we do know is that he's a high contact hitter, right? Okay, he's a high contact hitter. What do you need in baseball today, right? High contact, and they're they're going to have to replace that. Adam Frazier would have been the perfect fit. Um, Javier Baez to the South Side. Boy, that's a that's a tough one for me um, because not for my my fandom of the player or the of, or the Cubs, but I just don't know if he's a good fit for that team. The strikeout rate is way too high. Right. Mm-hmm. And you've got a lot of guys in that lineup that are, are high contact guys, right? Abreu's a high contact guy. Louis Robert, uh, a high contact guy, right? Um, Eloy strikes out enough, right? Grandal strikes out enough, right? You want to add another strikeout guy to that mix. Again, another high, high risk, high reward player, right? Like, yes, is he going to carry you for three weeks like he always does? Sure. But he's also going to go into a three week tailspin. And it's absolutely going to crush you at the worst times of the season. Um, so I don't know. And plus, I don't know if they're willing to outspend the Tigers on him. I think the Tigers are the, are the play for him. I think the Tigers are a perfect fit for him. Um, I think it's a, a smaller market city where he can thrive. Midwest. I, I, Javi Bayer is a Midwestern player, right? Like, let's, let's be realistic here. Um, he, he thrives in a Midwestern city where the fans love their team. Just enough to not criticize as much as they do in New York and Boston, <laughs> and and um, and uh, in New York and Boston. Uh, I just don't, I just don't think Rick Hahn is is gonna, you know, as everybody's been saying, fish in those waters, right? I don't think he's gonna swim in those waters of, of Javi Baez. But but again, there aren't many second basemen on the board that you look at and say, yeah, these are these are these are uh, season changers, right? So maybe it is, you know, bringing back Cesar Hernandez at a, at a low at a low deal. Um, maybe it's uh, you know somebody else out there that may that may set the bill, but uh, I don't I don't see Baez there. I, for the White Sox, like Kyle Schwarber is the perfect fit, right? Like that's the kind of guy I think that they're going to go after, and that's the kind of guy I think they're going to go all in on. A bat from the left side with power, they can either DH, play first base, play a little bit in the outfield. Like Kyle Schwarber is the guy. That's that's the guy, and I would be stunned if the White Sox didn't make a major play for him. Yeah, no, I, 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 I would be fine with that for sure. I mean, <laughs> it would, uh, it would certainly, it, it'd be interesting for sure. I mean, I'd also, I mean, there's other guys out there like Trevor Story that are shortstops that I think you could certainly convert to second baseman as well. I know that may not be the traditional sense of you know wanting to get a pure second baseman, but it certainly seems like now if you play shortstop, you should be able to handle second base just as well. And a lot of these guys I know have kind of played those positions kind of back and forth well, in well, the past too. Well, so. I agree with you. I'll- I'll agree with you on that, Drew, and I, and I think I think there's two names out there that still could be in the mix for for both teams, and that's Corey Seager and Carlos Correa. I think either okay. one. I think listen. I think the Sox can move Tim Anderson to second base, and they won't miss the beat, right? I think the Cubs can move Nico Horner to left, center, right, shortstop, third base, and second super utility, mm-hmm. a la Ben Zobris, and not miss the beat, right? But it's like, what are you willing to spend, right? Yeah. Like those guys are going to require. A minimum of two hundred million dollars. Both teams can afford it. Like let's not beat, let's not beat around the bush here. Both mm-hmm. teams can afford it. It's just who is willing to spend that? 
outside of Houston and L.A. Dodgers and the Yankees and the Mets, who's willing to spend that kind of money, right? And yeah. you wonder if, if Rick Hahn or, um, or Jed Hoyer and Carter Hawkins are going to spend that kind of money. I, we, we all want them to, right? Because there's absolutely no reason why you shouldn't, right? These are young players. Right. They can be with your team for 10 years and be part of your next core. I, I do think both will, will check in. I do think both GMs will make an offer. I don't know if it's going to be realistic offers, though, right? Like, mm. that, that's what we're never going to know. Like, the one thing we'll never know about Tom Ricketts and Jerry Reisdorf is, you know, how much are they willing to spend on these players? Like, you know, the White Sox had Fernando Tatis. They traded him. Would they have ever spent $300 million on Fernando Tatis? Right? We'll never know. <laughs> now, they were, they, were willing to spend three, they were willing to spend $300 million on, on Manny Machado, but it wasn't $300 million, you know, as the base, it was 270 plus 30 million in incentives, right? So you have to get to 300 million for certain players, and you for sure have to get to 200 million on Corey Seager and Carlos Correa. Trevor Story, I don't think you have to. I think Trevor Story is more the 100 to 150 million mark, along with, and I think Baez is, you know, the 100 to 125 mark. But I think Seager and, and Correa are better players than those other two. Right, and I think yeah. both teams are in a position to plug those players in right now and play them. So you know, there's absolutely no reason why they won't, or they shouldn't. But we all know the reasons why they won't. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and and to wrap it up, is there one player out there who either for the Cubs or the Sox who you want to see them target? That's a free agent right now, or even a trade potential candidate is there one player out there who you want to see come to Chicago either north side or south side well I have I have one I have one and it's Matt Chapman with the Oakland A's Matt Chapman would be a perfect fit at Wrigley Field with the Cubs and he would also be a perfect fit on the on the south side to play at third base and you move Moncada back to second base right so you, you've got options like Matt Chapman the guy if they're in if they're in cell mode Matt Chapman is the guy. And I would even go one player further with the Cubs, and I'd say Matt Olsen and Matt Chapman. If you can give me one of those two guys or two of those guys, I would be happy if the offseason ended today. right? And the one thing we didn't mention, guys, is there is a current player that is on one of the teams in Chicago that would be a perfect fit for both teams. And his name is Wilson Contreras, right? Yeah. You re-sign oh, yeah. him if you're the Cubs <laughs> long-term, or you trade for him if you're the White Sox in the, in the short term. Right, because yeah. you already have Grandal locked up for two more years. Right? So you trade for Willie in the short term if you're the White Sox, and you and you lock up him up if you're the Cubs in the long term. So that, but but back to your original question, Matt Chapman. That's the guy. Like Matt Chapman is available. He's there for the taking. They're ready to they're ready to purge that team right now until they figure out if they're going to move to Las Vegas or Santa Clara or wherever they're going to go. But that's the guy, Matt Chapman. I like it. Yeah, Absolutely. Not a name that you typically that. hear thrown around, but yeah, solid over there at third. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. All right, yeah, thank you. Thank you You're for welcome, calling guys. in and at great yeah. baseball talk, Joe. We appreciate it. That's, a pleasure. That's Joe DiGiacomo, instructor at the Illinois Media School and a, a great baseball insider here at IMS. A, huge, huge Cubs fan, and so hopefully the Cubs can get something going here. Yeah, and the White Sox. <laughs> Let's get some good Chicago baseball going. Yeah, yeah, so thank you again, Joe. And when we come back, the Bulls are coming off a tough loss to the Heat over the weekend. Can they turn it around hosting the Charlotte Hornets? We'll let you know next on Blow the Whistle. 
welcome to Blow the Whistle as we continue our four-hour year-long anniversary or year-long year. Year-long year, full year. Yeah, we're going to celebrate this year. We're going to celebrate. Yeah, we're going to celebrate one year for a full year and then just go right into our, our second year anniversary. Yeah, we'll never go off. Yeah, we're never leaving this yeah, place again. Yes, Anybody yes, who has a show on Sports Town <laughs> Chicago, you're screwed. That's right. Uh, that's right. Our, our four-hour four marathon. We can as, survive. As There's continue. a vending machine right out there. There it is. There Throw us some nickels. We'll be good. <laughs> Just put the buffalo wing chips back in there. That'll be okay. Yeah, as we get into the bottom of our final hour. Bottom half of our final hour, hour here. Bottom of the hour. Bottom, bottom of, of the, the hour. hour. Yeah, and we're going to go into the Chicago Bulls and... They've just kind of been back and forth here lately. They win win good games, and then they drop a game to Houston. And then they come back with a win, a, a solid win, and then they lose to the Heat, a good Heat team. But where are they at right now? They've been kind of back and forth right now. They take on Charlotte tonight, who is just half a game worse record-wise than the Bulls. You know, I, I think when you look at this Bulls team, obviously the way that they've kind of – they're kind of ending in November – it, it's ending more with a whimper than how it started with it. Obviously, it started with a huge bang. Yeah. And I think now they're kind of starting to get, you know, into their form and people are starting to, all right, we have tape on them. We can see what they look like now. So now you can kind of scheme a defense out there and figure out how to stop, you know, DeRozan and Levine. I mean, you can see Levine right now. He's getting tested from beyond the arc. They're saying, you know, let him shoot or we'll get, you know, as soon as he starts to go up, we'll just make sure to try and take away his airspace so that this way he's got to kind of have to change his shot a little bit. Now, he makes difficult shots all the time, but you can see his three-point shooting is not what it used to be. Obviously, Vooch is kind of like all... He's kind of like fading in and out of this team offensively. Some nights he's on, other nights he's off. He still can't seem to find his three-point shooting. I feel like you have to make a real address to that center spot or the power forward spot for him to feel more comfortable because I feel like he has to do everything down low right now instead of where in Orlando, he kind of had like Jonathan Isaac and a few other guys that could kind of take that spot away from him and allows him to kind of step out and be able to take those shots. So I think it's just a matter of teams. They're starting to figure out what the Bulls really are and they're starting, you know, and the Bulls themselves are starting to say, all right, not having the size we have is starting to hurt them. So I, I think it's just a matter of finding the right rotation that's going to give them the best outcome possible. Yeah, I I'm, I'm totally agree is that people are now starting to realize that the Bulls are actually good and yeah. they're starting to pinpoint on the key players that they know that are how they're like what their strengths are so far that we've seen out of this Bulls team. Like uh, Lonzo Ball, his three-point shooting has been phenomenal. And like you even said, Levine. Levine's always been a, a, a co absolute complete shooter. Yeah. And uh, and like you said, they're t they're getting more tighter on them. And I think that's what's going on right now. But, I mean, going from the Miami's loss, this Miami Heat team is absolutely just – they're oh, just they're one of the best in yeah. the East right now. They're doing – I mean, I wasn't really expecting such a huge jump with the Lowry edition, mm -hmm. but he's been a huge factor for that Miami Heat team. Yeah. So, I mean – to me, this game could have gone either way. It was a close game. It was a shootout between the two of them. A little bit low, low scoring than I thought. Yeah. But I mean, they're both they're both teams with great scores and great defense. So I mean, it was just I mean this this game was just whoever want, like could grab it. It was just yeah. back and <laughs> forth. But and kind of like what we said about 
the big man situation. Yeah, Vooch, he's been he's been struggling with his three point shot. And I know I've said earlier that they need to like not put him out in the arc, like behind the beyond the arc mm-hmm. as much. I mean, he's he's like he's on and off. He's finding his shot in some games, but then my only issue is that when it's a game that he does not have his shot beyond the arc, they keep the uh, Donovan just kind of keeps having him trail over there. But I mean, when you know that he's off that night, just keep him down low and in the post because that's kind of where the the Bulls they need the seven footer down there to like yeah. just kind of get the easy two pointers and then also just grab the boards. Even though I was looking, they beat uh. They uh over stats wise they beat Miami in in the rebound so they were grabbing rebounds and all that other stuff but I mean like I said in this game it was just whoever just outperformed the other one yeah no and and that's and that's been their key thing right now I mean for the Bulls is they they're outworking they've outworked most of the teams that they've been able to beat and even still when you look at their what ma- most major loss right now. It has been the Golden State Warriors which was an obvious one and then the Pacers one which. That was bad. I'll give it yeah. to everybody. That was that was a bad loss. But when you look at the way that Pacers team played, I mean, Rick Carlisle is a really smart coach, and he played to, okay, what is my Pacers team built around? It's built around defense, right? Brogdon, really good defender. Sabanis, really good defender. Miles Turner, really good defender. And he played that game. Let's defend really well, stop them at the rim, make it tough for them to shoot, get the rebounds, get the takeaways, take the ball down the court and that's how they scored all five of their starters on that team had double digit scored in double digits so again you lose to that Pacers team yes it is unfortunate it is a hard loss it's something that you say okay where did we go wrong with this and where can we attack the Pacers from because this is the first time they met each other right so you're getting a chance to be able to see each other for the first time you're going to meet multiple times more down the line so I, I give it to the Bulls okay you lose that one and then you find a way to be able to bounce back yeah you lost to the Rockets that's unfortunate too, but you kept it within again two points. It's not like you completely blew the late the lead on that. And again with the Miami Heat, you only lost by three. Yeah. So I I, I keep reiterating this. Two years ago, those are probably 10, 15 point losses by a, this Bulls team. But this isn't your this isn't our Bulls team that was there two years ago. This is the Bulls team now that goes out there, competes, finds a way to win. DeRozan's playing like an MVP. Levine's playing like the shot guy that he's supposed to be, creating his shot, finding his his way around the court and everything, finding his opportunities. All they need to do is find a way to get Vooch into the game. Let Lonzo be Lonzo. Let Caruso come off the bench. Javante Green's an energy machine. I mean, he's he's now become the reason why you hear you, you hear Stacey King saying, Shy slam a jamma. Yeah. And I love that. I want that on a t shirt immediately. Absolutely. That's that's a great that's a great thing to say. So I, I fully love the the way the Bulls have been looking. I understand that they've had some hard losses. I get it. Beating these teams would mean a lot more for sure. But you're thirteen and eight in November when you usually aren't here at all. Yeah. At this point, you'd probably be 8-13. and 13. You might even have only five wins at this point if this was, again, this team from two years ago. But considering where they're at right now, you should be happy. You should be thankful. They're yeah. still in the top, and they're still at the top of the conference, and they're still at the top of the division. The only team that can compete with them right now is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Because who would have thought we'd be saying that this year without this, LeBron James? The Bulls are actually tied 
with the Bucks. The Bucks have somehow managed to get the just they climb back, themselves. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, I'm not too surprised by that. Yeah. But yeah, no, people shouldn't be worrying so much and so early about the Bulls. Thirteen and eight starting off is still great. And it's like not like the only other teams that are really standing out that are starting off really good is basically really just Golden State and the Phoenix. Yeah. But Golden State eighteen and two, Phoenix Suns seventeen three. Those are the really one only two teams that are really standing out in this league. And and I'm just basically piggybacking everything that you just said. All the players, all the players have. They know their role. They've they're doing their job, and that it's what's getting them to win these games. But just like you said, they just need to fi- Vooch just needs to find his little comfort spot in the like during the games, and then. Um, either if he's going to be shooting or um, just staying down low. Yeah. Yeah, and we we just got a couple messages as well from Brian Houston, KB Mack, once again coming in with the responses. So we we love you that you're always out there listening and always commenting on our stuff, calling us out sometimes too. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> <laughs> and we need it. It's got to happen sometimes. Yeah. You know? oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, here, what he says about the Bulls, turnovers are the biggest issue at the moment. Yes. Bulls yeah. honestly should have won that game against Miami, but you'd be hard-pressed to find a game where you're going to win games Turning the ball over 23 times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd like to see the team take care of the ball better and not be so careless in their passing. Also have an issue of overpassing where the team being too unselfish coming into play. And I, then and then he also says that size is also still an issue, of course. Yeah. But yeah. I'll continue to beat the drum that this isn't the Garpax regime and AK and Eversley will make moves at the deadline. Players that sign deals in the offseason can't be traded until December 15th. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to have many teams looking to make moves prior to that point, and you wouldn't want to make a deal then anyway since better deals would be available closer to the deadline. That's true. You know, that that is a good point that KB Max said about overpassing because yeah. they, I, I've seen that a lot from the Bulls, and I've always been like, what are you doing? You didn't. It was yeah. unnecessary. You didn't have to make that extra pass, and it almost makes me as horrible as it sounds Reminds me of that Ben, our favorite guy, Ben Simmons pass. But I mean, it's not, at least it's not that bad. But I mean, there's just times where. All hail Ben Simmons. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) But there's times, yeah, that the Bulls, they're just overdoing it. I mean, we love seeing the flashy passes and uh, setting up for great plays. But like, when you got the shot, just take it. Yeah. You're not going to get let put, you're not going to get let down or thrown uh, getting um, drilled for it after the game that like uh, you shouldn't have taken that shot. You missed right. it. It's like, no, it's like he, if he has an open shot, he's going to take it. Right. It's always a good shot. Yeah. And that's the thing is that they, I mean, I understand the, they're playing very conservative past the ball. They don't want to make too many mistakes, but by doing that, you're ultimately leading yourself potentially into making mistakes, especially with the Miami team who listen, they play a lot of two, three zone. They go into three, two zone. They switch it up a lot. So they're kind of waiting for that opportunity where you make the wrong pass. They're going to jump into that passing lane, grab the ball, and they're going to try and take it for the fast break. So for the bulls. Yeah. You know, Listen, if it's in Levine's hands or if it's in DeRozan's hand, let those guys take those shots. Let those guys work, right? If it gets to Lonzo, Lonzo, you know, if he's got an open three, take the open three. I mean, and that's one of the things I know Billy Donovan said at the beginning of the year before they started preseason. He said, 
I want these guys to start understanding you can take some chances. You, it's okay to shoot the ball. It, don't be afraid to not take your shot. Right. Because if you don't take your shot, then you're going to get it in your own head. You're going to get self-complacent, and then you're going to suddenly say, well, I need to pass it out. That's when all of a sudden you see this overpassing. So I think these guys make just – I, I think they have the confidence to shoot the ball. I think they need to refine that. I need to think they re, refocus that. And listen, as far as to remember, you have a bench right now that also plays really well. Rely on that bench, too, to help have those backups. You know Caruso can give you a good night. You know he brings the defense. Javante Green, I know he's in the starting lineup, but you know he's another one when he gets back on the bench. He's an energizer for you. Kobe White, by the way, too, has kind of been proving – a possibility for I'm almost ready to say he's gonna making a case to say, do you really want to trade him? I mean, I, if you get the right player, yes, trade him absolutely. Right. But I'm at the point right now where it's like, you know what? In this kind of small ball attitude they're trying to work with right now, I'm okay with him trying to you know hit some three pointers coming off the bench because that's really where he's kind of worked best is coming off the bench, shooting three pointers, hitting jump shots. That's that's where he lives at and. I'm okay if they want to keep going in that direction, but if a trade does come across that they can make that move for, I mean, go for it. Absolutely. But, but see, but what I'm looking at right now for me is this is just upping his value. Uh, no, absolutely. I still think, and that's a yeah. good thing too. I still think that they, they're going to trade him. Yeah. I still think at some point because they're already very strong in the guard position. Mm -hmm. They don't need um, – as much as I like Kobe White and he's been playing really well, Yeah, it's just the Bulls don't – actually need him right like they need more big men and because like we were talking about how size has been a big issue yeah but i mean i've been liking how he's coming off how he's been playing coming off of this injury right it's not like um because there's all you always know there's players out there that have a hint that they're going to be traded and they oh, just course. don't they don't really care yeah to play but he's still playing his heart out i mean he wasn't on that like on fire uh against the heat 0 for 5 from three point and then just only ended up with two or four points right not, I mean, it's going to happen. Of course. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think this is just going to up his stock more, and then the Bulls can make a run at possibly doing a trade and getting another big man to back up, um, take place for Patrick Williams while he's out, even yeah. though I've been liking how Javante Green's been playing. I still say Carl Anthony Towns. I still say now that get you, out of Minnesota for the love of God. Now you with your little Christoph Porzingis talk. I mean, you know, know that was that was crazy. That was blasphemy. <laughs> that was worse than selling my car. Porzingis to the Bulls. We don't want Glory 1.0. We want no. we <laughs> want Big Cat. That's what I come on, man. You want to get out of Minnesota. You want to come. I'm to surprised Chi -Town. he's still there. Out of all the moves that has happened in NBA free agency or just in the trades, give him some I, time. Why the hell is he still there? Give him some time. Well, we'll see what the Bulls can do. They play the Hornets tonight from the United Center, seven o'clock tip off. And in onto hockey, the Chicago Blackhawks captain Jonathan Taze is still looking to do something he hasn't done since August of 2020. We'll let you know what that is next on Blow the Whistle. That's right. It's time for our Blackhawks talk here on Blow the Whistle. Brandon Januska still here with David Dykstra, Tyler Buterbaugh, and Andrew Valentin as we look to wrap up our four-hour extravaganza here, uh, and we'll wrap it up with some hockey talk. Is that Dan Marino with a beard? Yes. What the hell, My dude? <laughs> That's not is hockey. A <laughs> it's a Photoshop version of Dan Marino 
with a beard, just so everybody <laughs> on the Facebook can see. Wow. Interesting. Uh, and it's a very I made that my mated beer. I made that. No. <laughs> All right. That is amazing. <laughs> we'll we'll dig deeper into uh, into <laughs> that. Session in a on next week's episode. Beard of Dan Marino. Tune in next week, and we want to know the origin behind Andrew's screensaver, as well as behind the nickname Pepe. So Andrew's got some stories to tell next week. For sure. But we're going to look at hockey. We're going to look at the Chicago Blackhawks. And as I said before the break, Jonathan Taze is still looking to do something for the first time since the bubble, since Mm -hmm. the Edmonton bubble. And let's score a goal. I was about to say, has he not scored a goal yet? He has not scored a goal since August 18th of 2020 in the Edmonton bubble. And yeah, he's still looking for that first goal. He thought he had it. He thought he had it the other day, yeah. and it was, and that was against the Blues. Disallowed. Kane was offsides, so it got called back. No goal, and so the captain's still looking for that first goal. But not just him; the offense as a whole is still looking for some rhythm. Yeah. The the offense is struggling. Outside of two guys, there's not a whole lot of offense on that team. Those two guys being Patrick Kane and Alex Debrinkit. They're the only ones who together seem to find the back of the net. Outside yeah. of that, Doc started off hot. He hasn't really been scoring too much. He's been good at faceoffs. Even that's been... I, th- I think the goal scoring has kind of lingered over Taze a little bit and starting to affect him at faceoffs as well. So they need... We need... The Hawks need to find a way to get the captain some goals. And they tried that. King, the last two games, has put... Jonathan Taze with Patrick Kane and Brandon Hagel. Mm-hmm. It's created opportunities, right? But it just hasn't gone gone in the back of the net yet for for any of them on that line. So, do you see a solution? Is is that the line to do it? Because you look at the Blues game, they went with that line of yeah. Taze, uh, Kane, and Hagel to try to open Taze up. But it ended up being an overtime goal, Kane to Debrinkit, right. that ends the game. So, so it's still those guys who who end up winning the game. What can they do to open up guys like like Doc, like Kubalik, and, and ultimately Jonathan Tace? I think it's about just trying. It's about playing mismatch right now. It's trying to find out who's gonna right. It's matchmaker at this point. Who who likes who? Who's working best with who? It, that's that's really where I think the key is going to be out for the Blackhawks. Trying to figure out. Who fits best on what line with what players, right? I mean, who's more comfortable starting it off? Who's more comfortable kind of being on the back end? Because, I mean, look, you got guys like, like you said, Doc's cold, cooled down. Tyler Johnson's kind of been like a not, not even a factor, really, I feel like at this point. You know, he's just kind of been on and off lately. So yeah, dealt with injuries yeah. and then also healthy scratch at times exactly. as well. I mean, Kubalik and Kurashev. I mean, you've got all these great guys that you should be using that should be scoring goals. But ultimately, I think a lot of it just has to do with they're still trying to find that chemistry. They're still a fairly new team. They're trying to figure each other out, right? And Taze and Kane, they're the captains of this team. They've been around for a long time, but... I just don't feel like they're having the same connection with these young guys like they have in the past. For whatever reason, it's just it's not clicking the same way. 
Yeah, well, they need to figure something out soon because they go to Washington to take on the Capitals December 2nd. That's their next game. Alex, Alex Ovechkin is just setting records <laughs> each and every game. He just continues to score. I believe he's up to 18 goals in 19 games. Yeah, he's so he, he just continues to make things happen. And then they have the Rangers and the Islanders. So oh, it's it's a tough stretch coming for the Hawks. Let's see if they, they shake up the lines again and what they do to try to create some offense because you can't win games if you don't score goals, and the Hawks have not been scoring a lot of goals lately. No, so haven't. let's see if they can help out their goalies who have been great and score some goals. And unfortunately, that's all the time we have. That is four hours, guys. Wow. Is that, it? that is a four-hour show. <laughs> is it all over? My, <laughs> my butt hurts, oh, and it's probably because I sat on my keys. Yes, <laughs> yes. That, that, that is a four-hour show awesome. I gotta in say, the that books. Flew by. That awesome. Yeah, we, we, that flew. we did it. Four hours. We well, can do a four-hour show. Brandon, uh, do you want to announce it? I, I guess <laughs> it's kind of, been kind of important. It's kind of been teased around. Uh, yeah. But, so if yeah. you guys haven't seen on on social media, then you should follow me on social media. Um, but I have accepted a job in Indianapolis with Next Star Media Group, and I'll be a master control operator out there starting this coming Sunday. So I'll be moving out there real soon, and uh, so my participation here will look a little different. I, I hope to call in. Maybe not this next week as I, I get yeah, things I'll, I'll, figured we'll, out. We'll give you a week. <laughs> yeah. We'll give you a week to get uh, acclimated to yeah. your schedule. Yeah. And, you know, but we'll but eventually I do hope to call back in and continue to be a part of Blow the Whistle. Um even if they try to close the door on me, I, I have ways of getting <laughs> never, on this show. Never, but, no, never, no, never. Um, but yeah, so my participation will look a little different, and Andrews will as well, as he will take on an increased role as he tries to fill in for me. So for the next month, fill, fill in my spot. So for the next month, Andrews going to be working the board. Uh, yeah, oh, and try to get reacquainted. <laughs> have fun, everybody. You know, love this. Uh, send him back to to. Radio 101, we'll have him do some updates. Oh my god. As as we go. Just put Are a little, you just put a little dramatic music. <laughs> Get the music going. Get the music going. We're, but we're yeah, all um, holding back tears right yes. now. Yeah, so um I don't know when the next time I'll be doing a show from this studio will be. Like I said, I hope to call in and, and if I get some time off I'll I'll stop by and do a show from this studio. That's what we like to hear. Yeah. Absolutely. So Thank you to you guys, all, all of you guys, for helping me out and for helping this show last a year. This is one year of Blow the Whistle. We made it a year. Yeah, yeah we did. We made it a year, and, and now we're going to keep it going to, to another year. I like the music. And, and, yeah, right? I like the music. And possibly other places. And possibly other places as well. We've Possible got some moves, things, state, some things in the works, mm-hmm. uh, in, in the background right now, as we try to expand Blow the Whistle and continue it on, continue to... Make this a, make this a big thing. It's already a big thing here at IMS. Yeah. Now we're we're making a big thing on a national and soon to be international scale. International, <laughs> international. That, that's, that's, yes. that's we're the going goal. to Greece. We're, we're going to so that's, that's the some next fans spot. in England and in, 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 uh, <laughs> Africa there. So yeah, but just th- blow the whistle. <laughs> thank you, thank you as always to all of our listeners, everyone who has whether you you've been listening for the whole year that we've been on or whether you're just tuning in. For the first time, we appreciate you tuning in. We appreciate you listening. Of course, everyone who tunes in and our Under the Hood podcast listeners, everyone that
that has ever listened to a show, go ahead, tell your friends. If you liked it, tell your friends to tune in. If you didn't like it, tell, tell, anyway. tell, 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 tell your enemies yeah. to come tune in and, <laughs> and sit <laughs> through a four-hour show with us. But, yeah, we appreciate all the support from everyone, everyone who commented. Of course, all of our guests from today, Dustin Rhodes, Emily Green, Joe DiGiacomo, Neil Fiorito, everyone that called in, tuned in. We appreciate everyone. So thank you. Yes, thank you, Absolutely. everyone. Thank you guys so yeah. much. Thanks, guys. And thank you for sticking with us. For anyone that did stick with us for a full two, uh, four, four hours. That'd be four, Full Brandon. four yeah. hours. Four. Full two two-hour shows. <laughs> uh, thank you. We, we really appreciate it. And... Kudos to you for sticking with us. Yeah. <laughs> this you guys are something. the real champions. That's yeah, you, right. you really are. So You're on behalf of you. on behalf of myself, Brandon Janoska, here with David Dykstra, Andrew Valentin, Pepe, Tyler Buterbach. This was Blow the Whistle, our four-hour one-year anniversary extravaganza here on SportsTownChicago.com. <laughs>